With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, from the Goldberg Jones Sports Desk, your NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio headlines. Goldberg Jones. Call 1-800-DIVORCE. Hey, what's up, Portland? It's 3 o'clock. Last night in the NBA, the Warriors whacked the Suns 129-83. Steve Kerr decided to let his players control the game and coach it. Here he is. They determine their own fate, and I don't feel like we focused well at all the last month, and it just seemed like the right thing to do, and I thought they communicated really well together, and um, it was a good... Warriors are in town tomorrow to take on the Blazers. That game will tip off at 7.30 from Moda Center here on NBC Sports Northwest, Rip City Radio. Elsewhere in the NBA tonight, a big one on TNT, 5 o'clock. The Cavaliers visit the Thunder. Also, the Timberwolves host the Rockets at 5 o'clock. The nightcap on TNT tonight, the Spurs visit the Nuggets. That's at 7.30. Also, the Heat are in Toronto today at 4 o'clock. Your home of the Blazers is NBC Sports Northwest, Rip City Radio. It's time for for the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad Chad. on your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. Good afternoon. A happy Tuesday to you specifically, Chad. It is the 13th day of February 2018. Glad (laughs) to have you with us. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, because you don't always like it when I wish everybody a happy day that just for today, I wish you a happy Tuesday. Well, thank you. It is a good day. And the same goes to you, Travis. I'm happy to be working with you today. It is a happy Tuesday. The sunshine is nice, too. A little bit chilly. I've got that vent right above my desk, right outside the studio, that just pushes out cold air the whole time. So I was putting on layers today. I had three jackets on. But the studio today is feeling uh, very mild, so I'm enjoying that. Yeah, it's it's been cold. Today I went uh, I went to go to the barber, and I, I walked to the barber. It's like a half mile from my house. And uh, I get up. Uh, it's like 7.15. I walk outside, and I'm like, whoa, I, I'm not walking in this. So I go out to my car, yeah. and I'm just going to drive. Well, there's like a, a quarter inch thick of frost all over my car. I'm like, forget this. I'll just walk. And it was it was cold. Yeah, it was chilly out there. I was not dressed appropriately for the cold this morning. Hair looks good, though. Thanks, pal. Looking pretty nice. Nice, nice the, and uh, clean, nice and tight. Today. Have you ever done a, uh, do you let them shave you completely or do you do that yourself? Well, I. Uh, because I've done that once with the straight edge. A so little bit odd. He, here's the thing is that if, if you do get a straight razor shave, even if it's just trimming up your beard, by law, they have to sterilize everything. Yes. And it is. Uh, it, it can Which is be a good an, thing, by the way. It is. That's a good it, law to have. It can be an expensive process. And, and the guy that I go to, Larry the Barber in Sherwood, in Old Town Sherwood. What's up, Larry? Uh, he, he's, he's great. He's the best. He, uh, it, it's like a half-hour process, and he mm-hmm. would have to charge like 40 bucks for it. So he doesn't do the straight razor thing. So okay. he just lines it up for me yeah. with, in, with the clipper, and then I go home and just shave my neck and stuff That's like good. that. That's good. No, I've, I've done it a couple times. It's it's kind of cool to let someone do it, but yeah. I've learned over time that 
only I know the contours and the layout right. of my face perfectly, so I can do it much better, more efficiently. But, yeah, it's kind of nice to let someone else do that work for you once in a while. Right, and, like, you know, I, I get my beard trimmed, like, every two weeks. Otherwise, it doesn't look good on TV and stuff. And he charges me six bucks for it. All right. So it's it's easy. Well, good. You're looking good, man. Well, thanks, bro. Making me look bad today. I'm going cash. You got the jacket on, so I appreciate well, that. Well, I, I had the talking beavers today. We should probably today. coordinate ahead of time on that. Well, I, I had the talking beavers today, so I figured, you know what, I I didn't have time to change my clothes after we taped it a little bit uh, earlier. They, we have a lot of stuff to get to today, including the Truth Machine, every Tuesday at 4 o'clock. So we'll get to that uh, coming up a little bit later on. Rob Rang going to join us at 517, talk some NFL draft. college hoops uh but i want to start with steve kerr and you alluded to this in the update he said he's not been able to get through to his players chad so he went totally off of the uh off schedule last night he did they were taking on the Suns, and he said you know what i'm not reaching my guys they're not listening to me they're not getting through to me so i'm gonna step back and let them coach the game so he divvied up the responsibilities he had players scouting preparing a game plan and coaching throughout the course of the game. And I thought Steve Kerr was brilliant, and he's right, by the way, when he said last night, it is a player's league. That's what he said. He said it's, the NBA is a player's league. And th- MJ got coaches fired, made sure the Bulls landed Rodman, while Kobe demanded a trade, which facilitated the move for the team to land Pal Gasol. The players run the league. And, Travis, uh, the first thing that went to my mind last night, I thought about Eric Spolstra. Like Curry, he's one of the great young minds in the NBA. So when the Heat were able to, several years ago, acquire the big three with LeBron, Chris Bosh, and D. Wade, he did something really smart. He went out and he he spent time before the season talking to great coaches across all sports, football, basketball, everything, because he was trying to come up with and devise a plan – for how to deal with the big three because he knew that his future and his reputation depended on that. And after all that time and research, he came back with the same uh, idea that we saw from Kerr last night. You know what? They're the stars, LeBron, uh, Bosh, and D-Wade. They make all the money. I'm going to put the onus on them to go out and lead this team to create everything, and really they're the ones who are going to dictate how far we go. And so I think for Steve Kerr, and I've been around him for a couple years, his first year with the Warriors, his second year, He's one of the sharpest, smartest guys I've ever come across, not just as a coach, but as a human being that knows how to communicate with people. And so when I saw what he did last night, I was like, that is so Steve Kerr, and yet what a great way to get the attention of his team that's just wallowing through a long 82-game schedule right now. every team that has success, right, the first year, and we talked about this yesterday with the whole having fun thing, right? And you're talking about extended success. Right. This isn't just a year or two of being pretty good, right? This is an extended run of bordering on a dynasty the first year and you were in the bay area the first year of all this what what was the mood like around the team during the regular season excitement energy the players that that was the first time where they had tasted that type of success and knew that they had a chance to go out and do something special so year one is awesome year one is fun it matters year two you just won the title and now you want to be even better than last year right so you go out and you set an nba record for wins in the regular season and you don't win a championship well the next year you come out you're still the best team in the league you add kevin durant and you win another championship so they know 
who they are, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's still in their prime. They have the core of that team, the coach. Everything has fallen into place. So here we are in January and in February, and you know what? It just gets boring because there is a lot of monotony to the NBA schedule. Practices, games, you know you're better than everybody. You know you're going to be in the playoffs. We saw this with Cleveland. We saw this with Miami the four years that LeBron was there. Uh, We've seen it with San Antonio at times. When you are in the middle of that, it just gets boring. And, And guys, take games off. It's human nature. So sometimes you need a little bit of a fire lit under your rear end. Yeah, and I think with the Warriors, you know, you look at what they've done of late. They got whacked by 30 in Utah. They lost by 20 at home to the Thunder. Um, you know, they, they've struggled of late, sloppy with the basketball, not the type of basketball that we're used to seeing from them. Steve Kerr is not just responsible for the wins and losses. He's also responsible for how they look. They've got to go out and handle themselves with a certain level of professionalism that is critical. So I think this is a way to get a wake up call. But to your point, think back to some of the teams we've seen the Lakers in the eighties, the yeah. bulls in the nineties, Shaq and Kobe, those, those, those Laker teams, and any team, really, that LeBron has played for in his career, Ever. and now the Golden State Warriors, they take time off, and they relax because they get bored because they understand that, you know what, we're not going to kill ourselves during the regular season when we're going to have that second season in the NBA playoffs. We've got to be healthy. We've got to be rested. We've got to be focused. And I think teams like that, especially the Warriors, after winning 73 and not getting the title, right. they understand the big picture, and I think that's critical. But for Steve Kerr, I think it was great. Now, he did lie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he did. After the game, he said that, you know, he talked with Coach Triano and said no disrespect intended. Look, he chose that game for a purpose. It was the Phoenix Suns. I told Jay afterwards, I said that, you know, people may make a big deal of it and uh, had nothing to do with, with being disrespectful. It had to do with me trying to reach my team. I have not reached them for the last month. Uh, they're tired of my voice. I'm tired of my voice. Look, if you haven't been able to reach them in the last month, are you telling me that you know, yesterday, the day before, he just, you know, got a wild hair up his, you know, rear end. And then, well, you know what? I'm going to do this today. No, he's known he was going to do this. And he knew he was going to do it against the Phoenix Suns because they're the worst team in the NBA. They set a record last night for the most losses by 40 or more points in a regular season. They tied that record. And we're not even at the All-Star break yet. Exactly. It's February 12th. So he knew yeah. That last night, if there was ever a night to do it, it was going to be last night. If if it was just something he was going to do regardless, he would have done it a couple of weeks ago. He would have done it a week ago. Not waited until they played the worst team in the NBA where you can get away with stuff like that. No, if you would have done that against the Rockets or the Cavs with LeBron or the San Antonio Spurs, they would have been disrespected Absolutely. and irritated. So Or the Blazers tomorrow night. Yes. He's not going to do it there because he knows he could lose a game. So I do agree. I don't think he was trying to disrespect uh, Coach Triano, but I also know that he selected the Suns on purpose because they suck. And so I think it's a great move, but just once I want to hear a coach come out and say, look, I'm tired of my guys because they're not even trying right now, and I was trying to reach them. I knew we were playing the Suns. They suck, and I knew that we were going to destroy them regardless, so I decided to let them coach the game and prepare and uh, do the whole deal. That's what we have the truth machine for. Yes. I I want Terry Stotts to do this. You know, when the Blazers go through one of those stretches where they're not focused on defense, they're not getting the job done on offense, they're not moving the basketball, Yusuf Nurkic is being Yusuf Nurkic. He should step back and let the guys yeah. do it. I'd like to see Myers drop a few plays. <laughs> let Myers run a huddle or maybe Al Farouk Amino or Pat Connaughton or Dame. I think that would be a lot of fun. Can, can you just picture Farouk you know, trying to drop a, a play? It might, everything might look great on the whiteboard, but then he gets in there. All right, guys, uh, we're going to 
We do this. We're gonna get on the ball, and Damien, you're gonna take the shot. That's basically what it would sound like. And then he would drop in that awesome laugh that he has. Yeah. But look, you've got to have. Not any coach could do this in the league. Uh, Greg Popovich can do it. I bet you Mike Tony could get away with it. Obviously, Steve Kerr. You've got to have the cachet um, and the track record to be able to do something like this to pull this type of stunt. I think it's genius. And at the end of the day, if I'm Steve Kerr, I don't care about the Suns, the Rockets, or anyone. Their biggest competitor is themselves. And he's got to find ways to reach these guys. It's the same way that MJ, uh, towards the end of his uh, championship run, he would get irritated at the smallest of things to help motivate himself for a particular night in the NBA. Because 82 games, it is ridiculous. I don't play the 82 games. I cover the 82 games. And it's long. It's a grind. And the players experience that. And if you're the Warriors and you know you're that much better than everyone else and you're just waiting to flip the switch – it's going to be hard to keep your focus night in and night out. For, for who? For what? Why? So you can get hurt? So you can grind out and not be ready to go for the playoffs? Well, that doesn't make sense either. No, it doesn't. But Steve Kerr is a genius. If you want to weigh in, as always, on the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line 88528. For more info, visit BeldenRadio.com. You can also weigh in on the phone, 503-248-0620. On Twitter, at Chad and Rip City, at Travis Demers. Now, one other thing, too, one other example that came to mind uh, this happened with uh, Dan Reeves and John Elway uh, back in the day in the early 90s where Reeves knew that Elway was you know, getting tired of his voice. Just like Steve Kerr said last night, they're tired of hearing me. I'm tired of hearing me. Yeah. So what Dan Reeves did, he said, you know what? Okay, fine. You don't like the way I call the game? You're tired of my voice? You call the plays. And for that 91 season, Elway wore a wristband. He called the plays. And I think through that process, he had a lot of success but walked away with a lot more respect for how difficult it is to make decisions like that throughout the course of a game. All right, coming up next, we'll turn our attention to college basketball. The legendary Tim Brando returns to our show. You've got the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad and your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest, Rip City Radio. Travis Demers, Chad Dewing. Remember the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. The Rip City Drive on your home of the Blazers. NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. 319 on the Rip City Drive on a Tuesday afternoon. Glad to have you with us here. We'll get to the legendary Tim Brando here in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk some college hoops with him. Also, Chad, Greg Oden is going to find his way onto a basketball court near you soon. Yeah, we talked to him. When was that, around the uh, PK-80? Yeah, yeah, it was back around Thanksgiving. Well, we'll give you a little preview of what may be going through his mind. He sounded, you know, when we talked to him, he sounded like a guy that was in a better place in yeah. his life. Yeah, he, he sounded happy, and that's that's that might be the happiest we've ever heard him sound. I mean, even when he first got drafted with all of the, the happiness and things that come with being the number one pick, there was so much pressure on him that I don't think he knew how to be happy. And then obviously there were, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened to Greg Oden in, in the first three or four years of his NBA career. So I don't know if he was ever really truly happy. He sounded happy back in November when we talked to him. No doubt. You know, uh, going back to Steve Kerr for just a moment, you know, I really appreciate what he's trying to do with this team, but you've experienced that, right? Whether it be with work or anything in life, when things become monotonous, it almost becomes like a mental grind where you're just like, uh, yeah. are you kidding me? It's like some days depending on what I'm doing, like you were mentioning the grooming, like every day when I get up, it's like the same routine. There are moments in my life where I just get tired of the daily grind. And I would imagine that NBA players, especially when you've achieved that type of success and the game comes so easy for you, I get it. Yeah. I'm not criticizing the players. Why kill yourself 
for 82 games for what? Well, let, let me let me give you a really elementary example, Chad. When you were growing up, did you play Super Mario Brothers? I did. Okay. So after you played it for a while and you would get to levels five or six or seven, and when you started over and you had to start at level one, it was so easy that you rushed through it and made mistakes, right? Yes. And you, you died or you ran into a Goomba or the, uh, what do they call the little turtle, the flying turtle things? You ran into one of those yeah. or you got hit with a little fireball from the plant because you just wanted to get through it as quick as you could so you could get to the boss at the end or whatever level you were trying to get to because that's when it really started to be a challenge. Well, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For, this, for the Warriors, the regular season's not a challenge. They just want to get through it as fast as they can so they can get to the playoffs. In the first round of the playoffs, well, they want to get through that as fast as they can so they can get to the real challenge, which is going to be San Antonio or Houston or Cleveland or Boston in the NBA Finals. They're just going through it. They're coasting, and they're going to make mistakes. Yeah, I, I really think that their number one competitor is themselves, much like our number one competitor in life is ourselves too. You've got to overcome your own insecurities, your own problems, your own difficulties to be able to move past that and succeed. And the Warriors, look, I'm telling you, and I really believe this, don't worry about the Warriors. And if you're out there trying to suggest that they're done or that you know somehow they're not motivated or that somehow they're not as good as they've been in the past, oh, no, they're better. Yeah, They're just not going to show it to you until they reach the playoffs. And I'm telling you, this team, because of the time they spent together last year with Kevin Durant, they're also one of the deepest teams in the league. They've got depth. They've got experience. They've got a coach who knows what he's doing. When the playoffs hit, they're going to crank it up several notches, and I mean to a level where no one is going to be able to challenge them. I don't like it. I'm not. You know this. I'm not a fan of the super teams. No. This team is so good that when they raise it up several notches, they're going to annihilate competition. Maybe home court matters to Houston, but it does not matter to Golden State because they can go into any place right. in the NBA and win. Uh, because they're just better than you are, and they've got more talent, and they're deeper, and they've got more experience, and they're more they're well-coached than most of the teams in the NBA. Look, not only could they go in as the eighth seed and be on the road every single series and still win a title, they could play every single game of the playoffs on the road. They could play a seven-game series uh, with basically every, every team except maybe Houston, right? If they, if they played Utah in the first round and had to play every single game on the road, and then in the next round against San Antonio, they would still get to the finals and probably win the championship. They're just that good. So it doesn't matter if they win tomorrow night against the Blazers or if they win last night. They just have to be able to flip the switch when they need to. Yeah, but that game tomorrow night matters for the Blazers. I'm excited about this game. And, Trav, I don't know if the Blazers will get the win, 
but I do think that they're going to play very well and they'll be in a position to win this game. You got two days off, a chance to get some rest and to recuperate and get a little bit of practice time so you can focus and be detailed in this game against the Warriors. That's important because you don't get a lot of time. Throughout the course of the NBA schedule, it's a long schedule. You're usually traveling, going back and forth between road trips and coming back home. So you don't get a lot of free time to be able to focus on details. Well, this extra prep time coming off the loss to Utah on Sunday, I think will put the Blazers in a better position. What I was disappointed to see today is that Yusuf Nurkic, when requested, did not speak to the media today. He did participate in practice, but he's listed as questionable for the game tomorrow night against uh, Golden State with uh, a strained oblique, a strained calf, and sore lower back. So he's got a sore this and that, but somehow he's listed as questionable for tomorrow. What irritates me about that is, is that last year we didn't get to see the Blazers with Nurkic yeah. against the Warriors because he wasn't available during the playoff series, except for a few minutes in uh, game three. And he didn't play in that first game down in Oakland earlier this year because he was out with soreness of some sorts. And now tomorrow night, we need to see what he can do. This is a type of game based on his recent performance where you would think that regardless of the soreness of this or that or whatever it is, he would come out frothing at the mouth yeah, because they be need him. Up. This is one of the guys that the Blazers have that the Warriors don't really have an answer for. He can make a difference on the glass. He can make a difference in the paint. And he also can bring a little bit of size around that rim. And you need that because this team, the Warriors, they attack the rim in so many different ways with so many different players. I want to see Nurkic out there. I don't want to hear about a sore oblique or calf or lower back. Look, that's a part of it too, Chad. But I'm not even concerned about tomorrow night specifically. You talk about when he didn't play last year. Didn't play a single regular season game with the Blazers against the Warriors. And then, of course, he gets injured. He plays the one game, plays half of whatever it was in in game three. They lose that game. And earlier this year was injured. Do we know how Yusuf Nurkic plays with this Blazers team against the Golden State Warriors? We don't. There are some players like DeAndre Jordan who does not play at his best against a team like the Golden State Warriors. And well, this goes back to the question we had when he was brought over last year, right? Right. Can How he, do you match up against the Warriors when they go small? Right. So for Yusuf Nurkic, who is still trying to determine what his contract is going to look like next year. Yeah. And the most important games are games like Golden State. If you want to win a championship someday, if you want to advance past the first or second round of the playoffs, you need to be able to beat the Golden State Warriors at some point. So when you are ready to do that, if that's next year or the year after, the year after that, the Blazers need to know if Yusuf Nurkic can be their center. And they don't know that, not just because of where this team is right now, but because they haven't seen Nurk on this team against the Golden State Warriors. So if that's your goal, is to beat Golden State, is that another thing that comes into play when you're figuring out how much money you're going to offer him next year? Because in that important situation, whether it's a one-off game or a seven-game series, you have absolutely zero idea how Nurk is going to play for your team against the Warriors because he hasn't been in that situation before. Well, here's the good thing about Nurkic and his contract situation. You mentioned it yesterday. They're going to let him test the market. Yeah. And let me ask you this. Do you think there's a team out there that's going to offer him some ridiculous number? No, I I don't. I mean, there's always the possibility, but I don't. The Blazers are going to let the market dictate what Yusuf Nurkic makes next year. Yes, and the reason why no one's going to offer money is for two reasons. It's a tight market. There aren't teams that have an abundance of dollars to spend, especially at the center position. Uh, The majority of the top teams in the NBA aren't running their offense through the center position anyways. And there's a surplus of very good bigs on the market. I think what this means is... He might go out and test the market, get no offer, and then the Blazers can come back and offer something that they believe is uh, good for them. 
they could, you know, he could sign the qualifying offer and come back at a lesser rate. But I do not think that he's going to get a big offer from another team. And that means the Blazers will be able to get him back at a price that is team-friendly, which gives them the ability moving forward to use him. And then if the right deal comes along in the future where you've got a team-friendly contract for a big who's young and still developing, then you can utilize that. So it just gives him options. But he's got to step it up, especially after what we saw against Utah. That's a bad taste in his mouth, my mouth, and everyone else's mouth. 14 minutes, no points. You leave because basically Rudy Gobert and Terry Stotts made you leave because you were embarrassing yourself. Yeah, exactly. He was embarrassed in that game. Are the injuries for real? I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I'm not going to speculate on that. But I'm also not going to get totally worked up because he had one absolutely horrific game. The best of the best never have horrific games. It didn't Carmelo, no, but it's the up and down season he's had, I that's, think, right? That's, that's the point. Is I'm not going to look at one terrible game against Utah and say, you know what, screw Nurk, he's not the guy that we thought because he might come back. What's the first game after the, the uh, Utah, Utah on the okay. road? So not that one. The next game after that, they play the next night. They play Saturday. Uh, I, I don't remember where they play. But they come back the next game after that, and maybe he gives you 24 and 20 that night. And oh, Nurk is back. This is who we thought he was going to be. He's Nurk. He's awesome. After the night before, maybe he gives you, you know, seven points in 28 minutes with five turnovers and three rebounds because he's playing Rudy Gobert again. You can't, after one game, good or bad, say this is what Yusuf Nurkic is because he hasn't been good Yusuf or bad Yusuf for more than a game or two or three in a row at any point this year. So what we saw against Utah the other night was awful. It was absolutely awful. What we saw against the Clippers was awesome. That's what's so frustrating about it is he's awesome one night. He's horrific the next night. He's average a bunch of nights, and you never know what you're going to get. And that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to handicap this team on any given night because you've got Dame, you've got CJ, who for the most part are both incredibly consistent. Maurice Harkless is not consistent. Evan Turner's not consistent. But the guy who was supposed to be the third big piece of that group was Yusuf Nurkic. And on nights that he is awesome, Generally, that means the team is doing pretty well. On nights that he's terrible, it doesn't mean the team is going to lose, but you have a lot more difficult time of winning, and you need somebody else to step up, whether it's Ed Davis with 17 rebounds or Harkless with 15 points or Chief with 17 points, whatever it is. Because there is no consistency from Yusuf Nurkic, you don't have a complete team night in and night out, and it is damn near impossible to handicap what this team is going to do on a regular basis. Yeah, the roster for the most part is garbage, and that's why they needed Nurkic to step up and be a key player this year, and so far he hasn't been able to do that. Um, If Terry Stotts were to go Steve Kerr and allow his team to coach, which Blazer would be the best at leading that huddle? Who would be the coach type on that squad? Hmm. Is it Dame? No, I, I think it is, but generally the best player is not your best coach. I mean, a couple of years ago you had Earl Watson, who obviously was an NBA coach, and he, he wasn't your best uh, player. You know, don't laugh, but maybe it's Myers. Why? Because those who can do, do. Those who can't, teach. Well, yeah, I, I can't go that far. He might be a good communicator, but no, I, I'm not going to say the Myers. just go over your head? Well, no, but I'm saying that there have been scrubs in the NBA that have gone on to become good coaches. Yeah, before. most most good coaches were not great NBA players. Yeah, so I'm just trying to think here. Dame, you're right. Maybe. The, the, the team's too young to have to have that guy. I mean, Chris Kamen a couple of years ago, would he have been the guy? I mean, they, they just don't have a guy who's got that, that veteran presence. Maybe it's CJ. Maybe, maybe it is Dame. 
It's probably one of those two guys. I'm just trying to think. See, this highlights the issue. Who on the team is the leader? I know it's well, Dame, and he's Dame, the franchise, Dame but they don't the have that veteran presence outside right. of Ed Davis. But, but again, I, I, on the Lakers, would Kobe or Shaq have made the best coach on those teams? No, no Derek no, Fisher. Derek Fisher, exactly. And Derek Fisher wasn't Kobe. He wasn't Shaq. But the Blazers I'll, don't have that type. They don't have that third wheel that can be that guy. That's exactly my point. But Derek Fisher was never a third wheel. Michael Jordan would have been a terrible coach. Scottie Pippen I don't think would have ever been a great coach. But who else was on those teams? Steve Kerr was on those some of those teams. So, you know, you, you've got, uh, like, the, the average player who can be that type of guy. Yeah, who was it? There was a story there about Steve Kerr and, and why he's gone on to become a great coach. I think it was Kenny Vance and John Lund were telling me once many years ago because he, he used to join their show weekly when he was here in town with the Trailblazers. And the one thing that they both said about Steve Kerr that really jumped out at them was no matter what point in time it was in the season, he knew everything about every player that was on the roster at the time. So if they had a question about this guy or that guy, he knew the answer. He knew what was troubling them, what the issue was on the floor, what was going on inside of their mind. Yeah. He was very perceptive. And I think part of that is coaching is obviously you got to know the X's and O's to an extent, but it's understanding people and being able to communicate with them and work with them through their issues. And that's part of what makes Steve Kerr so excellent is because of his ability to communicate, but also to listen and to understand what's going on inside of a player's mind and what he's feeling out there on the floor. Yeah, and, and Steve Kerr, and I, I think uh, Kenny Vance said this, I think he said that on our show one day about, uh, uh, about Steve Kerr, but who, who is the best coach in the last 30 years in the NBA? Phil Jackson. Average NBA player at best. He was an all-rookie all team his, his rookie year, won a couple of championships, but he was an average NBA player at best, right? Yes, and okay. for all of those people out there saying, what about Greg Popovich? Phil Jackson has six more rings than Coach Pop. Right, but but again, if if you take Phil Jackson out of the mix, it's Greg, Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. Well, what was Greg Popovich's career history? Didn't play in the NBA. Brad Stevens is a great coach, right? Didn't play in the NBA. Bill Belichick didn't play in the NFL. Oh, did he play in college? Well, I saw that. Remember Lawrence Taylor on that thirty for thirty, the two Bills. And Harry Carson too. They didn't like Bill Belichick because their initial thought was. This clown hasn't played. He doesn't know or understand the game. Yeah. What can he possibly teach me? So Belichick had to go through a process of earning the respect of the key players on that team, meaning Lawrence Taylor and Harry Carson. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he was a center and tight end at Wesleyan University in Middletown, Connecticut. Who was? Bill Belichick. Oh, Belichick. Yeah. But again, the, the, the point is that you look at the best coaches in the NBA. Terry Stotts wasn't a great uh, no, basketball it, player. I personally don't. But if you want to put Doc Rivers in that conversation, he was an average NBA player. Mm, he was pretty darn good. He was an average NBA player. I grew player. up watching him. He was more than average. I grew up watching him. That backcourt he had with the Hawks. with uh, Was he a superstar? He was really good. He was not a superstar, but he was good. He's not an average player. That team he, he had with the Hawks. He was a one-time All-Star. Yeah, that's pretty good. To be an all-star in the NBA, that's pretty darn good. That team with the Hawks, he had Dominique. They had uh, his backcourt mate was Randy Whitman. They had John Battle on the bench. That was a good Hawks team. And they uh, 
that was a team that the East was so deep yeah. at the time they could have had a chance to go to the NBA Finals, but it was loaded with Boston and Detroit and, and Chicago at the time. Career, 10 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. It's a good career, but he was not a superstar. He was not. He was never the best player on his team. That, that's the point that I'm getting at. The best coaches in the NBA were never the best player on their team or the second best player on their team. So for the Blazers right now, do, is it concerning that? Well, Larry Bird was a pretty good coach, and he was he, one of the best players the, ever. He is the exception. He is the exception in the but last But you know what he did that was years. great as a coach, Larry Bird? He, he surrounded himself with great coaches, great coaches, and he allowed them to do their job, and he would just kind of manage and deal with the right. players because he understood them really well. So the Blazers don't have that guy right now, right? They don't have the guy who's been in the league for 10 or 12 years that could be a coach someday. Maybe I'm sure there's somebody on their roster. does on the floor and what CJ McCollum does on the floor that's where their leadership is coming from right now they don't have anybody that's been in the league for a decade there is there isn't that veteran presence even when they had Juwan Howard a few years ago Juwan Howard was it was a good player but he was at the very tail end of his career but he was the type of guy that could slap you around a little bit if you got out of line as a teammate yeah Mo Williams filled yeah. that role for a couple of years uh, veteran experience. I just every team needs it because the young players have got to have someone to gravitate towards and look towards. Not not that Dame can't be that guy, but guys who have been around, meaning they can show you how to prepare yourself for the grind to be ready physically and mentally night in and night out in the NBA, and it's not easy to do. Got a text on the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line at eight eight five two eight. This one says Ed Davis and or Evan Turner would be good coaches. Ed has the respect of his teammates. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Ed absolutely has the respect of his teammates. I don't know if he has the personality to be a coach, though. Well, most guys don't because they realize and they take a look at how many hours these guys put in, the sleepless nights. They're like, I don't need that in my life, especially after a playing career. It takes a special type of guy to want to put in the grind that is required to be able to be a good coach. That's why Phil Jackson, he didn't just walk onto an NBA sideline and become a great coach. He spent time in the CBA 
He spent time working for other guys. You have to pay – You know, most coaches go through a lot of ground cover work before they get to a level to where they can be an NBA coach. Terry Stotts did the same thing. It's a process, and most of the great coaches went through that process to get to that level. It is five or a three thirty-seven on the Rip City Drive. Tim Brando expected to join us at some point today. We got punked by Brando, yeah, my guy. Brando is uh, is busy. You know what happened the, the last time that I got Gosh. punked by Tim Brando when he was supposed to call in and didn't? He called and apologized. Well, not only did he call and apologize, but his daughter went into labor and was having a baby. So I, I think uh, is, I, I don't know if that's the case this time, but I, I think becoming a grandparent was a good enough excuse to. Uh, to not call in that day. I don't think so. He should be calling right now. I, I want to hear his voice. I love his Beano Cook impression. And we had college basketball stuff to talk to. But Brando's cool. If he was busy, there was a good reason yeah. behind it. Uh, by the way, we've got our little TV monitors up here that we can watch. Uh, they're showing spring training, which pitchers and catchers reported to some teams today. I'm so happy. So happy, Jim. Why, Portland doesn't have a team? So? Portland doesn't have an NFL team, but aren't you so happy the first day of NFL training camp? No, because the Broncos oh. don't have a quarterback. Get out of here. They don't have a quarterback. I'm not excited about losing. Get me a quarterback, and I'll look forward to summer ball. you got to find the negative in everything, man. Just be happy. Well, we're doing the show together. We're doing a full show today together. We sure are. That makes me very happy. And you look great today with your jacket on. Thanks, pal. Coming up next, George Hill, the anti-Isaiah Thomas. We'll tell you why. You've got the Rip City Drive. Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. I'm not much for giving inspirational addresses. I'd just like to point out that every newspaper in the country has picked us to finish last. Back to the show on NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. 14 in front of the hour on a Tuesday. Glad to have you with us here on the Rip City Drive. Tim Brando, he punked us, Chad. Did not call in, and then he called back and said, you know what, screw you guys, I'm never coming on your show again unless you want to have me on tomorrow at 4.15. So he'll join us tomorrow at 4.15. Of course, the you know I, we knew he would. He's classy. Yeah. As soon as he uh, got out of his practice he was with, he said, hey, I'm sorry, here's the situation, but can we reschedule for tomorrow? That's what you'd expect from a great like T. Brando. Yeah, so he's going to join us tomorrow, talk some college hoops, and we'll get a little bit more on the, the national perspective of things. I, I want to find out uh, if Xavier is as good as they're – they look as a number one seed right now. Last year, as an 11 seed, beat Arizona and then lose in the Elite Eight. Now they're a number one seed. Chris Mack's done a phenomenal job. But also, your Oklahoma Sooners, you, you seem to think they're on the bubble. You might be a little nervous, but you're the only one. I can, you can rest assured that there will be no issue with Trey Young missing the NCAA tournament. Well, the committee understands that he really needs to be in the tournament because he's a draw. But after tonight, they're going to be 6-7 and seven in conference and only 16-9 and nine on the year. They're not winning tonight. Texas Tech's going to whack them. And they haven't been playing well of late. And if they go into the tournament and stumble, they don't have the, – they're, they're, they're trying to find a way yeah. to where people can make a case why they don't sure. get in. So I am concerned about their play of late. I think they'll be just fine getting in. But also, where does the Pac-12 factor into this thing? They've got, what, th- four teams will probably get in. Arizona. Arizona State, uh, USC, UCLA, maybe you see Washington, uh, but the Pac-12 has just had a really down year. So we'll talk to the one and only Tim Brando tomorrow. I also want to ask him how St. John's can start the year 0-11 and then respond with a 13-2 and run with wins 
over teams like Duke and Villanova. That's pretty impressive. Well, they were they were 0-11 in conference play, and then they have those two huge – they actually had a, a pretty good uh, non-conference schedule. They were like 11-2 and non-conference, and they lose 11 in a row, beat Duke at home, go on the road, beat Villanova. Villanova's best player was out, but – Anyway, I, I, we don't get to talk St. John's very often, so I will be very happy when you ask that question about my Johnny's. I'm tomorrow. down with Chris Mullen. All right, Chad. George Hill, one of the newest Cleveland Cavaliers, they go for what? Their, their fourth straight tonight when they take on Oklahoma City. Big win over Boston. Um, would you say that he is the anti-Isaiah Thomas right now? Well, I don't know about that, but I definitely know that he's a guy that's been around the league and understands what it takes to win. That's exactly what I mean. The anti-Isaiah Thomas Isaiah Thomas was the absolute wrong fit in Cleveland. He was a guy that wanted to be the guy, and that wasn't going to happen in Cleveland. He went into LeBron James territory, where LeBron James has been there and has won a championship and has gone to three straight finals and wanted to dictate things to run his way. And it just doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. In fact, why don't you play George Hill so people can hear what he had to say about his new role, and his understanding of what it takes to win with LeBron. Just do your job, I guess. Uh, let the rest take care of itself. We have one of the best players in the history of the game. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going to dictate the tempo and things like that. And we just got to do our job, be the best role players we can possibly be. Um, he's a Batman, and we got to be all Robin. So, uh, we got to figure it out. Love it. They're Batman. He's Batman. We're all Robins. Yeah, the first thing that went through my mind when I heard him say that was Maurice Harkless. And earlier this year when Mo was struggling and he was really frustrated, he came out after one of the games and said, you know what, I feel like I'm just going through the motions out there. And the offense, you know, goes strictly through Dame, CJ, and Nurk, three guys. And so he threw them under the bus. He threw his coach under the bus because he was venting because he was struggling on the floor. And so I heard that from Mo early in the season. I'm like, yeah. You're right, exactly. It goes through Dame, CJ, and Nurk just like it should. Same thing in Cleveland. That's LeBron James. You want the ball to go through him. He should. The, he's the one that should have the majority of the touches. And I think what this comes down to is that so many players, Isaiah Thomas, and we've seen this with players throughout the, uh, uh, the course of several seasons, were guys who are good players, but they fail to understand their role and accept their role. Yeah. And Greg Popovich talks about it all the time. Role acceptance is the most difficult thing for a player to grasp. And when you don't accept your role, you try to be something that you're not, and that's when you have issues. Now, I'll give Isaiah Thomas, um, you know, the benefit of the doubt in Cleveland. That was a bad trade. They set him up to fail. Whoever thought it was going to work with LeBron and Isaiah Thomas, two ball-dominant guys on the same team, it was a bad idea. They couldn't even play him on the floor together. Right. But this is an issue Isaiah's had at other stops as well, and we see where he's at now. But when you understand your role – and you embrace that, it allows you to go out and do great things and win basketball games. And George Hill and the rest of those guys, Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, they figured it out. They're role players. And they're going to let LeBron run the show because if they do that and stay out of his way, he'll find them and get them the ball, and they'll win basketball games. But so many players. Here's another blazer. Thomas Robinson. You remember the big <laughs> yeah. that the Kings drafted instead of Damian Lillard? One of the most athletic players that's ever come through Portland. Big, strong, athletic, a lot of potential. And he was with Portland for a short, brief uh, time. But what, what his issue was was this. If he would have focused on being a dominant rebounder and shot blocker, he could have been a game changer for the Blazers or any team that he would have went to. But here's the issue. He didn't accept his role. He viewed himself as something different. He wanted his touches. So many guys want their touches to showcase what they could do on the offensive end. But it's like, look, Terry Stotts doesn't want you doing that. Play your game, block shots, rebound, and try to energize the team and create your own opportunities by working hard and doing dirty work. 
He didn't do that. Right. Therefore, he couldn't fit in in Portland. And so many players, if they would just understand what their strengths are, what their role is with the team that they're surrounded by, they can make their way in the NBA. So it's unfortunate right. when guys like Isaiah Thomas create a problem in a situation where if he would have backed off, heck, support LeBron. And guess what? That guy's going to carry it to the uh, finals. You made that point a couple of weeks ago. There, this happens in every sport, Chad. I mean, there are players on on every team in every sport. It happens in the NFL. I mean, look at a guy like Martavis Bryant this year, right? Comes off of his his long, long, long suspension, yeah. and Antonio Brown is the guy. Juju Smith Schuster stepped in has has been a terrific player in his year. And how can Martavis Bryant not know that? Right. So he's well. I I need to get the ball more. I need to get the ball more. Okay. Well, you know. You've got some guys around you that are pretty good. And the reason why that's the wrong approach is is that if you go into it and say, you know what, uh, Antonio Brown is the best in the game. He's going to draw all the attention of the defense. He's going to get double teamed. That's going to create a lot of one-on-one opportunities for me. So if he would have kept his mouth shut and focused on the task at hand instead of being worried about not being the guy, you're going to put yourself in a position to where you're going to get a lot of opportunities and have a chance to make an impact on the game and help your team and, oh, by the way, You'll get noticed because you're going to put up good numbers. I yeah. uh, got a text here on the Belden Portland Leaf Card Gutter text line. I guess IT should have taken that first offer for a tribute video. Uh, I don't think he's going to be getting a tribute video from Cleveland. Wow. He's just a good player, not a great player. And he, you know, like so many people, he overvalues himself. Yes. He and does. when he said last year, you got to back up the Brinks truck. I mean, that's one of those things that's not going to age well because he's not going to make anywhere near the max. And, folks, please put your uh, your name on the text if you can. 88528. Uh, got another one here in response to the uh, the coaches. Great coaches or great players not making great coaches. Uh, it says Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen. Great players, good coaches. I'm a St. John's fan. I love St. John's. Chris Mullen has won 38% of his games in his two and a half years there. Patrick Ewing is my favorite player in the history of the NBA. So far, his one year at Georgetown has not gone very good. They need more time to to determine that. But in Ewing's defense, he's put in the time and done a lot of groundwork to put himself in that position. He's been an assistant for a long time. I hope they both do well. They just haven't yet. Coming up next, Tuesday, 4 o'clock, every week, the truth machine. Don't miss it. You've got the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad in your home of the Blazers. NBC Sports Northwest, Rip City Radio. Now, from the Goldberg Jones Sports Desk, your NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio headlines. Goldberg Jones, call 1-800-DIVORCE. Hey, what's cracking, Portland? It's 4 o'clock. Blazers and Warriors tomorrow night at Moda Center, 7.30 tip. I'll have warm-up starting at 5.30. Evan Turner was asked, are the Warriors a good team to face right before the All-Star break? It's a great opponent to keep our attention. And, uh, you know, right now we're going to have to toughen up and, uh, you know, bounce back and, you know, be resilient, uh, brush this one off and go out and defend uh, home. Yusuf Durkic is listed as questionable with a strained oblique, a strained calf, and lower back soreness. That's it? Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> Elsewhere in the NBA tonight, the Rockets are in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. That in an hour from now. Big one in Oklahoma City, the Cavaliers. After giving up 148 points to the Thunder last time they played, visit the Thunder tonight at 5 o'clock on TNT. The nightcap on TNT, Spurs and Nuggets at 7.30. Your home of the Blazers is NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. It's time for for the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Chad. On your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. All right, every Tuesday at 4... 
Travis and I have got a little treat for you. We are tired of coaches and players and, well, basically everyone we come across lying. So we went to management. We said we need the truth machine so we can drop people into the truth machine to get to the heart of the matter. So every Tuesday at 4, we do it, the truth machine. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Then I guess I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? That did not happen. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. You know, I didn't alter the ball in any way. I have no knowledge of anything. I have never used steroids, period. What's the truth, damn it? The Rip City Truth Machine. What's your favorite lie on that? Every time I listen to the open, I smile. Oh, man. Uh, I think probably Rafael Palmeroid. Yeah, I love Tom Brady saying, I don't have any knowledge of anything. No, no, nothing at all. I'm clueless. I mean, I'm down to every detail for every game, but I have no knowledge of anything. And I like uh, Slick Willie. Hard hard to pass up on Bill Quinn. I have sexual relations with that one. Yeah, that's great. All right, let's do it now. We got three different individuals who need to get dropped into the truth machine. We're going to start with Paul George, the brand-new Cavalier. Came over from the Utah Jazz, now has a chance to play with LeBron James. And he was talking about his role and their role, playing alongside LeBron and what that means. Just do your job, I guess. Um, Let the rest take care of itself. We have one of the best players in the history of the game. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going to dictate the tempo and things like that. And we just got to do our job, be the best role players we can possibly be. Um, He's the Batman, and we got to be all Robin. So uh, we got to figure it out. Don't you like that, Trav? I mean, that's a good vet right yeah. there with a great perspective. Hey, hey, I'm on a new team. I'm coming into your show. I'm just going to follow, and you lead. I'll do my best to uh, make sure that I make you look good. Yeah, and don't, don't you think LeBron enjoys that? Oh, of course he does. Well, of course, with George Hill, like many athletes, we're not certain that he's being 100% honest. Yeah. So let's go ahead and drop uh, George Hill into the truth machine. LeBron is the best player. Our GM, coach, and owner. If you want to win, you can't act like Isaiah Thomas and think you're better than King James. Nobody trusts a 5'9 guard who can't play D and runs his mouth. Hey Isaiah, I've got your Brinks truck right here. All you had to do was shut your mouth and ride the wave. I've already won a title, just left the whitest town in America to join the king. Life is pretty great. LeBron is Batman. We're all his Robins. Isaiah was the f- Joker. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? He was the Joker. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, did they also, he cracked Utah. That's not very nice. Well, he, he didn't crack Utah. He gave some facts. Which town is whiter, Salt Lake City or Portland? Well, I, I haven't spent enough time in Salt Lake City, but I would imagine it would be Salt Lake City. Yeah. I've spent uh, one one night of my life. I spent in Salt Lake City on my drive out here for the first time I moved here from New York. And I don't remember seeing anybody darker than my buddy who was black that was driving with me. Uh, There wasn't anybody even close to the color of his skin. Yeah, do you think Isaiah Thomas... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Down the road, once he has a chance to reflect, you know, like, who was that? Um, like, you've had some guys look back and like, you know what, I wish I would have handled that differently. Like, maybe Shaq Dennis and Kobe. Dennis Erickson. Dennis Erickson. He said that before. He I left Corvallis too soon. Yep. I love, I love it when a guy can admit that. Do you think Isaiah Thomas will look back somewhere in the future and say, you know what, I should have just no. done it a different way? I don't think that's Isaiah. I don't think, I don't think he's that guy. I think he's going to say, you know what, I, I'm just me. They're the ones who made the mistake. You might be right. All right, so uh, big props to George Hill. Next up on the Truth Machine, how about some Evan Turner? And I think this is the question he was asked after that game on Sunday. And I think he was laughing at Yusuf Nurkic, unfortunately. But Yusuf on that night against Utah in the 115-96 beatdown, Trav. Uh, Sterling, 14 minutes, no points, left the game with a bruised ego. Rudy Gobert dominated him. Terry Stotts benched him for Myers Leonard. That's can, not a good scenario. Can that be on the injury report, bruised ego, hurt feelings? <laughs> oh, he just ruptured his feelings on that play, Bill. A bruised da-da-da-da? Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a listen to Evan Turner when asked, hey, what happened to Yusuf tonight? I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't. I mean, hope he's all right. You know, we need him for next game, but you, 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 anything could have happened, you know? <laughs> Did you hear that? He goes, he laughed. He goes, I don't know, I bro. I don't know, bro. Well, Evan Turner, I appreciate that, but we realized that in that situation, you probably couldn't call it 100%, you know, on the money in terms of truth. So uh, let's put Evan Turner into the truth machine. Who knows? My guess, a sprain. Dude is always flopping and lying down on the hardwood. <laughs> Bosnian beast. Yeah. More like the Bosnian bitch. I realize I am not one who should talk since I am robbing the Blazers blind at 17 million per year. But nobody <laughs> likes a Euro douche teammate. <laughs> Remember Nurk fever? That's one of those diseases that only exists in third world countries, like typhoid or scurvy. Dude just got benched for Myers. <laughs> now if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go work on my three-point shot. <laughs> Well, apparently they have uh, vitamin C deficiencies to go along with their Nurk fever in uh, in third world countries. But you know what I appreciate about that? At least he took a moment to accept yeah. the fact that, you know what, I'm not in the clear here. I am yeah. robbing the Blazers blind yeah, exactly. at $17 million. You know what? I don't know what his deal is, but hey, I'm not really one to talk. So well well done, E.T. We appreciate the honesty there. <laughs> All right. We all saw what happened last night. You like that, right? You, you're down with that. I think we both are. Steve Kerr oh, allowing yeah. his players to coach. No, I, I think it was a brilliant move because, look, the, you're talking about a team that's just coasting right now. Yeah. So what message to send and take a day off in the process <laughs> by let you know what? You do it. Yeah. You don't listen to me. No problem. You guys are you go so good. Do Why don't you go ahead and coach and play, draw up the play, scout, do everything. You don't need me. The only thing that would have been better is if uh, he just traded positions and got to go out there and play. Did did your parents or like a teacher or anybody ever do the whole like role swap thing where like you're them for a day and they're you for a day? Yeah. That didn't work so well for me. No, usually doesn't. Well, let's go ahead and take a listen to Steve Kerr talking about, and of course, no disrespect to the Phoenix Suns. No. I told Jay afterwards, I said that, you know, people may make a big deal of it and uh, had nothing to do with, with being disrespectful. No. It had to do with me trying to reach my team. I have not reached them for the last month. Uh, they're tired of my voice. I'm tired of my voice. 
I think we're all tired of your voice. Now, would you agree? So when I hear Steve Kerr there, like, I believe him when he says that he wasn't trying to disrespect Jay Triano. I believe that. But I also know that he's lying because if I'm going to allow my coaches to run the show for one night and handle all my duties, I'm not going to do it against the Spurs or the Thunder or the Rockets. I'm going to choose the Suns because they're garbage. Well, Chad, I suppose it depends on what your definition of disrespectful is. Is it disrespectful to go out there and say, you know what, you guys suck, so we're going to do this instead. We're going to use you as our guinea pig here, our little testing ground, because we know you can't beat us. I've said this for years. It goes back to the days when Lou Holtz would roll out to the podium before he'd take on Navy and say, you know what? That's one of the best football teams I've ever seen. We're in for a fight. That's mm-hmm. a lie. It's like I just want a coach one day to come out and say, look, I've seen the tape, and i got to be honest with you, Navy sucks, and we're going to destroy them by 50. Or what about an FCS opponent? You know, they're, they're a really good, really well-coached football team over there. They're going to give us everything that we can handle. Well, unless it was Eastern Washington a few years ago or Appalachian State or a yeah, team like that. Unless it's coached by Mike Riley or Mike Leach. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, Sister Mary of the Poor Tech, you know, Helen Keller's School for the Blind, you're, you're probably going to roll over them pretty well. Well, let's go ahead and put Steve Kerr into the truth machine following last night's game against the Suns. We don't need to disrespect the Suns. They disrespect themselves every time they hit the floor. Of course I'm going to do this when we play them. Do you think I would let this group of clowns coach themselves when we're playing the Cavs, Spurs or Rockets? No need to overreact. It's a long season, my guys are bored. I didn't feel like doing any work tonight. We all know that we're about to win our third championship in four years. Nobody cares about the regular season. We could be the eighth seed and still kick everyone's ass in the playoffs. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, he's right on. Look, they could be the road team in every single game of the postseason, and they would still win the title. I was looking at their overall record today. I think... They're, they have a better road record right now than they do a home record. Twenty two really? Yeah, it's like twenty two and six and twenty two and seven. They're better on the road, and that's just that's because they. they it's yeah. like I said. It's you. It's they're their own. Well, how am I trying to say that? Their only opponent is themselves. Well, yeah, I they mean, only look, have to worry about themselves. Everything else. It's not about the competition. It's about looking themselves in the mirror and finding ways to stay focused and motivated. And then when the playoffs hit, they flip those switches, and then they just start trashing teams. Chad, they are 44-13 and 13 right now. <laughs> but they have so many problems, and there's such an issue that the coach has to do something drastic because they're 44-13, and 13 and they're just so bad this year that they, their coach, you know what? He's not happy. Steve Kerr, they have to do something drastic. They only have the best record in the NBA again. Yeah, I think what he has, you know, with coaches that they're they're in, they're they're responsible for a lot more than the players. So he is responsible for how they look, how they're acting out there on the floor, their performance game to game. So for Steve Kerr, you know, he's got to he's got to take you know extreme measures at times to get their attention. I I thought it was a great move, but at the end of the day, I'll say this again: you don't need to worry about the Warriors when the playoffs start. They'll be good to go, and yeah. barring some type of cat- uh, catastrophic injury, no one's going to be able to knock them off. I hate to say it because. I don't want that to be the case, but no one's beating them. Not the Rockets, not the Spurs, no one. They're that good. No, and look, no one from the East has beaten them anyway. No, The Celtics aren't beating them in the finals. Uh, LeBron James is probably going to get there again now that he's got some, some youth and some energy around him, but they're not beating the Warriors. So each and every week at 4 o'clock, we'll do the truth machine, and if you have ideas or people that you think should be dropped into the truth machine, you can let Travis and I know 
on the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter Text Line 88528. That is 88528. Well, we've got things to deal with with the Warriors. They're going to be in town tomorrow night. We're going to head to the Bay Area next. We'll talk with John Dickinson from 95.7 The Game. We'll get his thoughts on Steve Kerr. What led to that decision last night? Also, Reuben Foster. What's next for the 49ers linebacker? Not much. And how bright is the future looking now that they've got their franchise quarterback, Jimmy G, under contract? It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad here in your home of the Portland Trailblazers, NBC Sports Northwest, Rip City Radio. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Wait a minute. Who are Travis and Chad? Somebody gave those guys a show? I can't believe it. On NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. All right, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Oh, you weren't talking to me. Well, I I do appreciate your time too, Trav. Our next guest, a a former co-worker of mine, does a heck of a job. Reporter for 95.7 The Game down in San Francisco, covering all things Bay Area on Twitter at J.D. John Dickinson, and he joins us now. J.D., thanks for the time. Nice to catch up with you, bud. Yeah, good to hear from you, Chad. Nice to speak with you, Travis, as well. Well, we got to know, what was your reaction to Steve Kerr stepping back and letting his players game plan scout and coach during that game last night against the Suns? Well, it it surprised the heck out of me uh, more that there wasn't an incident in-game from the Suns' side. And, And maybe they've been just beaten down so many times this year, more than anybody else. They've got four... 40-point losses, which equals the rest of the league in terms of 40-plus point losses uh, to the point where they felt they deserved it and just didn't have any fight left. But but that was my initial thought was, wow, Steve's really going out of his way here <laughs> to, you know, get to have some fun with it, to loosen the vibe. I mean, he said after the ball game that the players haven't listened to him for the better part of a month. His voice is kind of stale, wanted to freshen things up. But I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, that, that there wasn't more angst from the Sun side of things and, and maybe even something that led to an incident in-game. Why was this necessary for him to say publicly? I mean, was that part of the motivation to let, everybody, to, to let the, the world know? This is something that he could have completely kept in-house if he wanted. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure he could have kept it in-house. I mean, it was, it was picked up early on on television that Andre Iguodala had been handed the clipboard uh, and that was essentially writing up a play on the on the grease board, drawing a play up uh, during the, the first time out, and it was something that everybody in the arena covering the game kind of kept monitoring, yeah. and you're like, wait a minute, this is happening again. It's happening again. Uh, and then you go back uh, and, and learn after the game that you know he it went as far as shoot-around earlier in the morning. Iguodala ran shoot-around. They had Draymond Green during the game in his best coaching suit because he wasn't playing uh, due to injury. And, and you had JaVale McGee, the, the best guy with a MacBook they have on staff, running the, the film portion of it. So this was a whole day of trying to let loose and, and, and give the players a little bit more power and, and just change things up. But it is the first world problems of, of the NBA. There's no doubt about it. A team that's been unmotivated really guys for the for the better part of a month which is kind of crazy when you look at their record still right there uh, at the top of the league we're talking with john dickinson from 95.7 the game down the bay area uh you've been around this team and you're around them all the time at the games you're at practices you're talking to the players i mean how 
easily how easy was it for you to notice the things that Kerr talked about in terms of the uh, sluggish play, the lack of motivation, the sloppy play with the turnovers, and then even a couple of losses recently to Utah and Oklahoma City? I mean, how, how apparent was their lack of motivation to you? Yeah, it really goes back to the new year, honestly. I mean, they had a bunch of home games to close out December, uh, and then they went on a two-week road trip the, the first two weeks of January, and really since they got back from that road trip. So it's been about a month where they just – it's been bad start after bad start. They'll be down 10, 12 points at the end of every first quarter or at some point in the first quarter that they're constantly trying to fight back. They had multiple 25-point or 25-turnover games, uh, two out of three games. They were down big early in a game at Sacramento – uh, right around the, the first of, of February, uh, they were down. It was ten to three and twenty to seven. They had twenty five turnovers in that game and won it by fifteen points. So it just it it's just an issue of hard to focus, hard to motivate. Uh, you know, there, there's constantly guys that, that have been in and out of the lineup where they want to rest a guy or give a, night, a guy a night off. So they're trying to keep everybody fresh. They're trying to definitely still get the one seed in the Western Conference, that is a stated goal of theirs and really the only stated regular season goal. They do want to finish atop the West and get home court advantage. And, and with the Rockets and the way they've played and, and winning two out of three against the Warriors head-to-head, I mean, that's not a lock at this point, even in the loss column. And, uh, you know, no more head-to-head matchups. The, the, they played three times, the Rockets won two, so the Warriors can't tie in that scenario. Is there any concern at all that once about April 15th rolls around, they won't be able to just punch the switch and take it up another notch and get back to playoff form? I think we're going to find out after the All-Star break, the first couple of games after the All-Star break in particular. They've got a long Eastern road trip. They, they play the Clippers and Oklahoma City's actually back in Oakland the first two games right out of the shoot. It's a Saturday night nationally televised game for ABC. Uh, on, on against the Thunder. They're back at Oracle again, and then they go on an Eastern trip. And, and I think what the mantra has been for this team these last couple of weeks is just get to the All-Star breaks. Steve Kerr said, we're tired of looking at each other. We need to get to the break, get a few days on a beach, let the All-Star guys go do their thing in L.A., and then just get away from each other, come back. And it's his belief that once you get past the break, you come back and you can finally see the finish line and the end of this thing, and you get re-energized at the fact that the, the ultimate goal of this team is all of a sudden right there in front of them, build toward finishing the, the regular season strong and getting on a, on a long playoff run that, that culminates in a championship. So uh, that's what they've said for the last three or four weeks. We're about a week and a half away from them actually having to go out and prove that all those things they've said matter in, in playing better basketball more consistently at that point. Hey, J.D., what's your take on the matchup tomorrow with the Blazers? A lot of uh, you know fans here in Rip City excited to see what the Blazers, who are playing much better than last year, can do against the champs. Yeah, always a fun matchup. Uh, the Blazers are one of my favorite teams to actually watch on a league pass uh, on an off night if I'm not uh, covering the, the Warrior game there. It's a fun team to watch. You know, the guard play is, is outstanding, obviously, with Damian Lillard and, and C.J. McCollum. I think you know, you know Dame always gets up uh, when he's facing the hometown team in no Oakland. Uh, and, and whether that's a game in Portland like tomorrow or when he comes to Oakland, heck, it might even just be Northern California. He, he seems to light up Sacramento just as much as, as he his biggest two games of the year against Sacramento and, and the Warriors uh, in Northern California. So you know he's going to get up for it. I think Stephen Curry 
appreciates and, and enjoys that challenge. Steve Kerr is always extremely complimentary of the offense uh, that the Blazers run and, and Terry Stotts and the way he coaches that team. So it's a fun matchup. Uh, I know at times the Blazers have given the Warriors trouble the last couple of years, although the Warriors have wound up winning a majority of those games. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I I think one thing the Warriors will definitely be, be guarding against is starting the all-star break a little early i know two years ago they came in to come out of the all-star break and they went up there and and i covered that game and and portland just put it on them and and lillard went for 50 plus and they just looked not ready to go if there's anything that that i think everybody here is going to be looking at it's are they going to maybe start the all-star break too early are they going to figure out a way to push through uh, for one more night uh, in a what can be a, a tough environment to play uh, at Moda Center. I know the players like going there, and I, I think the history for the Warriors guys, typically when the crowd's in the game and it feels like a big game and you know you're going to get the opponent's best shot, those are actually the games where the Warriors have come out and played better. Hmm. So Portland almost – the Warriors may respect Portland too much, and that may not be good for the Blazers tomorrow yeah, night. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about because – there, there's always a right time and a wrong time to play somebody, and playing the, the Warriors after a loss is, is never the right time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you kind of answered the question, but uh, is there anything that you can take from that being this is the first game after that scenario? Yeah, I, I think, look, I think the Warriors get ignited when they feel threatened. And I think a game in Portland, they, they feel it's a regular season game. Sure, they could lose it, but I think they're hell-bent at this point to – finish the the first half strong they feel like you know they can get a five and two record in their final seven games after they were uh you know in in some big trouble uh at one and two so they're trying to win the final four games to to go into the break and and they feel if they go into the break strong they'll come out of the break strong And, and it tends to be the games that they don't feel threatened. It's you go into Sacramento, you get down 30 to, you know, 30 to 10 and you have to come back. It's been the the games like that are the games that have been problematic and they've been able to come back in those games, you know, with less frequency than they've done in previous years. So no, I, I think when the Warriors respect their opponent, they tend to play well. I think the Warriors do respect the Blazers uh, as a team that they've seen in, in the playoffs the last couple of years and I, I think they'll they'll be ready to, to put a put a good showing on at Portland. We're talking ball with John Dickinson from 95.7 The Game down the Bay Area. What does the future hold, uh, J.D., for Niners linebacker Reuben Foster, who was arrested and booked for suspicion of domestic violence and making criminal threats on Sunday? 
Yeah, I think at this point we're in a wait-and-see mode, uh, although John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers brass, did meet with, with Foster on Monday uh, after he was uh, released. Uh, and at this point we have to see exactly what the charges wind up being, what the, the district attorney charges him with. There's a range. Uh, it could be felony. It could be some misdemeanors in there. And I think everybody, the NFL, the 49ers, and, and the legal system at, at this point is still – trying to figure out exactly what happened and depending upon what happened, I mean, the 49ers could be in a, in a really tough spot on this one uh, because we all know, I mean, fair or unfair, the more talented players tend to get the greater benefit of the doubt in this thing. And if this is an undrafted free agent, you know, he may already be cut just uh, anytime you hear, uh, you know, the word domestic violence and rightfully so, if that's the case, I mean, if this, this turns out to be a situation where he actually, you know, he did in fact hit a woman. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to, to see the 49ers not cutting him, you know, even as a, a first round pick and somebody that already has had some, some red flags, but I don't think we're to that point yet. Uh, I think they're still trying to figure out exactly what happened, what's true, what's not see what the legal system uh, has to play out. And, and that's the one area where the Niners, you know, are, are fortunate in this as far as making a decision is the fact that the off season just started. You know, there, there's no uh, OTAs and players can't even be in the facility in, until the early part of April now. So I think they're in a, in a position where they can afford to at least initially here, see how the legal process uh, takes its course and make a decision based on that. But uh, this is strike two, honestly, uh, for Foster. Uh, if you combine you know, the diluted sample at the combine and then uh, the, the misdemeanor marijuana possession in Alabama, which, which wouldn't have been a crime in, in California, uh, obviously. But now with the, you know, with the change in law and everything, but uh, it's just he tends to be a guy that is always around where the trouble is. And anytime you have a guy that's either in the car when something happens or in the house when the police get called, it's just not a good situation. And I think the 49ers as talented as he is uh, are, are in a position where they're going to have to be very careful how they move forward. You know, John, it would have been nice if Chad warned me that you were going to answer all my questions before I asked him. Uh, but with, with that's how good he is, Chad. I know he knows his stuff. With, with that being said, though, in, in the landscape of today in the NFL, I mean, it, it, it's the the court of public opinion almost means more than anything else right now, and the PR and all that stuff. So, it, is this something you think that they'll wait for the legal process to to figure out before making any real decisions, or if you know when they do get to mid-April? they're they're just going to have to do what what's best for the public image of the team yeah i i think again it, it all depends on what it all depends on what's in there i mean if he's sure. charged with felony domestic violence where the accusation is that he punched a woman you know or something like that i know there was reports that some of the details were he you know he dragged her uh, across the room or whatever i mean that's that's in and of itself bad enough but i mean if this is a a, a Ray Rice type of a situation, then, then they, they, he'd be gone. I mean, they, they'd have no choice to, to cut him at that point, rightfully so. So I think each of these situations are, are, are very much different, but I do think at this point nobody really knows all of the details. So the 49ers, the NFL, the police, the district attorneys, they're all able to, to – they're in fact-finding mode, I think, at this stage. And with the timing of where we are in the NFL schedule uh, – the 49ers almost don't have to react until the legal system reacts first. Uh, 
and they gain more information as to what's going on. He's on Twitter at JD John Dickinson. Uh, covers all things Bay Area sports for 95.7 The Game. Hey, J.D., really appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow night, and we look forward to having a conversation with you again in the future. All right, you got it, guys. Uh, always fun. Thanks, John. Who was that? I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Jeremiah. I had a friend, you know, uh, like J.D. just said, Trav, where uh, Reuben Foster, the trouble always seems to find him. Yes. Well, when I was in uh, eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade, there was a guy at school, one of the cool guys, and his name was Jeremiah, and he and I became good friends he was so much fun to be around because he was the crazy guy. <laughs> he was always pushing the limits, uh, jumping off the deck onto a tree. Waking up in the campfire. Always, fi- Yes, always finding the parties, always knew where the girls were at. He, was always, he always had a nose for the things that we wanted to do that we couldn't let our parents find out about. But that was the problem. Whenever I was hanging out with Jeremiah, I always seemed to get myself into trouble. And I, I'll never forget it. We snuck out, and this is after several other events, this is back in Mount Vista over in Vancouver, eighth grade year. We all sneak out, and there were a bunch of people from our school staying in the neighborhood, spending the night at other people's house. We all snuck out and hung out together, and then we were all inside of this house that was being built in the neighborhood. <laughs> Someone called the cops, uh. and I was the one guy that Jeff, my buddy who was sleeping over in my house, he got away, but I, when I walked out on the sidewalk, the cop was right there. The cop car came right up and screeched, jumped out with the dog, I didn't get away. Jeff did. And so I got taken home in the cop car. And, and Nana was there. Oh, no. And answered the door. So we all got busted. But it was after that time where my mom was like, you know, Jeremiah's you a good boy. You shouldn't hang out with him anymore. But uh, my dad used to always tell me, and I'm sure your dad probably told you the same thing. He goes, Chad, you are who you roll with. Yeah. He so, didn't quite word it that way. Is, is that how your dad worded it? Chad, you are who you roll with. He said, you are who you hang out with. Yeah. Guilty by association. Yes. So he's, he always warned me. He's like, two's a party, three's a crowd. And he always told me, be careful who you uh, make your company with because yeah. that's going to end up you know, becoming what you do and who you are. Right. But if, if, there's, if there's a kid in, in your, your town like, like that who's always getting in trouble mm-hmm. and you are seen with that kid, right? And then let's say there's a girl you want to date. And everybody knows you're friends with this guy. You might be the perfect angel, but you're friends with this guy. That girl's parents might be like, you know what? Uh, I don't really exactly want you dating say. Chad <laughs> because he hangs around with this guy yeah, over Jeremiah. here. And that's with Jeremiah. And that, that's not a good look for you. So I'm sorry. You can't date Chad. I can't imagine. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that's exactly what the, her parents should say. And that's what I would say that, no, I'm sorry, Kaylee. You cannot hang out with him because he hangs out with this group. Yeah. It's not a good crowd. I'll be doing that a lot over the next uh, several years. But Do you have your concealed carry yet? That's coming. My dad just got his. Uh, he actually is, uh, well, yeah, he's, he, he is. he's been calling me. I'm saying, hey, let's go do some shooting. And so he's, he's got his concealed permit. He's pretty happy about that. So You ever see the movie Bad Boys 2? Um, yes. It's been you know, a while. Yeah, it's, it's an older movie, 2003 or something like that. Um, Good movie, though. The, the scene where uh, Martin Lawrence's daughter is going on a date yes. and the, the guy shows up to pick her up and Will Smith is, you know, acting like the dude who just got out of jail and he's got the, you know, the, the two shotguns with him. That, if you need me to be that guy for Kaylee, just yes. let me know. And I'll be that guy. If you and Hannah ever have a daughter, I'm happy to be that guy. I'll be the bad guy if need be. But I, what, a, what an unfortunate story for the 49ers. Yeah, this really is a is. franchise who, after going through a few years of just disaster, is their trajectory is going straight up. With Jimmy Garoppolo, they got their franchise quarterback. They've got some good young pieces on the defense, including Ruben Foster, and they've got the draft capital to go out and get a lot of weapons for Jimmy G. And then you have this mess go down. 
It's like, do we, use your dome, this Ruben. Is, this, is, and it, this isn't just and the Broncos, on Ruben Foster. There were a lot of people on John Elway because he didn't draft Ruben Foster. There were a lot of people who thought that they should take him because they needed yeah. inside linebacker help. Well, these are the type of things where I'm like, I'm glad they took Garrett Bowles and didn't go linebacker. There, there are some players like, a, you know, like a Shane Ray or a Lyle Collins where they, they've got issues. And you've got to do every ounce of investigative work to find out if this is a guy that you want, is that guy worth having on your team? Because yes. in 2018 in the NFL, you cannot take chances. You can't take any chances. Ray Rice, awful situation. Reuben Foster, awful situation. If there's a guy that you really like, but there's even a chance that he might turn into something yeah. that, we, that you know, the, like all of those other guys, you can't draft that guy. You can't. You have to stay away from that. So I blame the front office as much as I blame Reuben Foster for that. And also, uh, did I hear John Dickinson correct that the Warriors, he expects them to be motivated tomorrow night at Moda Center because it's a nationally televised audience with the crowd. And the last game before the All-Star break, yeah, absolutely. Blazers got to bring the A game tomorrow. We got the degenerate dime of the day coming up next. Also, Greg Oden is going to make a return to the basketball floor. We'll tell you what that's all about. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad here in your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest, Rip City Radio. We've all thrown down a couple of bucks on a game, right? Uh, you know, win some, lose some. But Travis and Chad take it a step further. It's time for the Degenerate Dime of the Day on the Rip City Drive. Brought to you by DPI Solar. Imagine if you never had to pay an electricity bill again. Visit dpisolar.com. Well, after a week hiatus, it is time to return to the Degenerate Dime of the Day, presented by DPI Solar. So here's what we're working with, Chad. Uh, I am the leader right now at 11 and 9. The listeners are 10, 9, and 1, and you are 10, 8, and 2 on the year. We're all off to a decent start. Yes, we are. Uh, So what are you rolling with to start this week? I'm going to take the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight, who are playing decent ball of late, minus two at home against LeBron and the new-look Cleveland Cavaliers. Listener Lisa is going to take the new-look Cavaliers, plus two on the road at the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going back to college hoops, which got me a four-in-one week last time. I'm going to take Tennessee at home, minus the nine-and-a-half against South Carolina. Uh, it is a big line, but South Carolina has been getting blown out by everybody. They've lost seven of their last eight, and Tennessee is uh, is pretty darn good. Well, good news about uh, listener Lisa. She reached out to me yesterday and said, hey, I love the show. Listen to you guys every day on the awesome. way home. But what happened is when we gave out the uh, dime prize, we said, hey, pair of tickets, Warriors tomorrow night at Moda Center. you got to be there. Yeah. She called in, and then she hit me up on Twitter, and she goes, hey, I got Rick rolled." I what? thought I was getting Warrior tickets, and I wound up with movie tickets. But we got everything sorted out. She got the wrong prize. So she is good to go for the game tomorrow night. So, Lisa, we'll see you there tomorrow night. Rip City, baby. Well, good. I'm glad that uh, we got everything worked out there. That would be kind of embarrassing. Hey, you're going to win Blazers Warriors tickets tomorrow night. Give us a call at 503-248-0620. And then uh, here's this crap prize. Yeah, movie tickets don't really measure up to the Warriors and Blazers. In fact, uh, no. I would say that if there's a game that you want to see, uh, at Moda Center, is there a better game than than this particular group coming to town? Um, I hope not, because that would mean a Blazers win. Then, if it's going to be a great game, I hope. Well, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're a fan and you're buying tickets, who would you rather see in town other than the Warriors? 
uh, probably the Warriors. Yes. Maybe the Warriors. Or the Rockets, maybe, because of the bitterness. Yeah, Oklahoma there. City is always a good game between the two. Um, me, personally, I would not want to see my Knicks come to town, especially. By the way, did you see Porzingis? Is it going to be out 10 months? I'm surprised it's just 10 months. Look, right now, that's horrible news. Yeah. And, I, and I understand your frustration as a Knicks fan, but that guy is so good. They've got to make sure they do everything they can yeah. to make sure that he, 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 he goes the through the uh, process and they get him taken care of because that guy's legit. By the way, your Sooners uh, tied with a minute and a half left. They're not the going to win this half. game. Texas Tech's going to beat them. They'll fall apart in the second half. And this is why I'm concerned that they're not going to make the tournament. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. You're going to be fine. Because it, I've got to be honest with you, Trey Young is the most exciting player to watch in college basketball right now. And if they don't make the tournament, then I, I lose check. my desire to check They're not in. even on the bubble right now. They're not anywhere near the bubble right now. Okay? <sighs> the last two years where they did that projection with the, uh, the rankings, uh, yes. with the selection committee, no team has been in. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In that, in the top 16 and not made the tournament, you're fine. All right. You are fine. Did you see the news about former Blazer Greg Oden? Yeah, I did. He's going to be involved in the the big three, which was actually pretty successful last year. I had some reservations about it, but it turned out to be a pretty cool thing. I can't remember the day. There was a morning I woke up and we didn't have work. There was something going on where we had I had a lot of free time. So I watched several games of the big three and I got to see guys. I was like, who is that? I recognize him. Oh, it's Catino Mobley. Yeah. Or it's this guy or that guy. I got to see some of the stars who we had on the show. Yes. I grew up watching some of these guys over the course of time and to be able to see them out there on the floor was pretty cool. Yeah. But I want to go back. We had the opportunity, thanks to Eric, to talk with Greg Oden right before the PK 80. He was a student coach with Ohio state. And so he was coming back to Portland for the uh, tournament that was at Motor Center and Memorial Coliseum. And I had asked him a question about he had gotten himself right and had an opportunity to play in China. And I had asked him if, you know what, was that process to get back into a position where you could play, did it provide some therapy and closure for you? And we did. I mean, it was the same story, you know, for my injuries. I got myself all the way back and felt really good. And my second preseason game, I break my thumb. So it's like, or fractured my thumb. And it's just kind of, it kind of brought it all full circle for me. It was like, no matter what I do, these injuries keep coming. It, it never ends. What an honest assessment there. And I can understand his frustration, but I, I'll say the same thing that I said when we had him on the show, Trav, that if he's in a position where he has an itch to play hoop and he needs to get back on the floor to find some type of satisfaction in that, and he needs to go through the process to get his body right and get back out there, he absolutely should do it because he's not getting any younger and he may not have an opportunity like this ever again to play. Right. So if he can get out there and get a chance to play, whether it's a few games or an entire season, and that brings some type of satisfaction, good for him. Because, again, I'll say this, to be that guy and to come to Portland and to be welcomed by that large party of 10,000-plus people at Pioneer Courthouse Square, to have all those expectations, and then to suffer the injuries and to be the next guy 
like Bill Walton or anybody else in town, Sam Bowie, who suffered the injuries. What a frustrating time that was for him. It, it took him to a dark place. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. to see him in a much better spot now. He, he seems like he's in a really good place, Chad. And again, that was a few months ago, but he seems like he's in a really good place. Well, at least he this, didn't sound like he was faking right, it. You know? Right, right. No, he, it, it sounded genuine. If, if you've got a guy who, who was injured a lot playing football, right, yeah. and maybe he's had too many concussions, and he's going to go out there and give it one last try, it's probably a really bad idea because you're talking about major, lifelong, long-term health problems. A broken hand... Uh, you know, what, what happens if he goes out there and tears his knee up again? Does he really want to do that? No. But at least it, it, it's not something that is so difficult to overcome like a serious head injury. Now, of course, anything could happen anytime. But what's, what's the risk for him here? Is there really a big risk for him? And I, I don't think there is. He wants to go out, give it another chance, play with some pros, be on a national stage, have fun doing it. There, there is... There's not a negative thing I can think of for Greg Oden doing this, and maybe it just solidifies to himself that he did everything he possibly could. Maybe he gets hurt again. Maybe he he realizes he is never going to play basketball again. But if he wants to exhaust every possibility before saying, I'm never going to play this game again, go do it. Why not? What's the harm? Well, have you ever had uh, – is there anything in your life, Trav, that you've done – or wait, let me rephrase that. Is there anything in your life that you've wanted to do – that you passed on and you look back and you said, you know what, I regret not taking action in that moment because I knew, because I would have, I wish I would have done that. Have you, do you have any regrets like you know, that? Nothing really stands out. I mean, part of me wishes I didn't quit playing baseball after my freshman year of college and even my, my shoulder was messed up. But maybe if, if I went to a, a smaller school instead of a Division One school, would I have been able to play longer? Maybe, but that that's that's probably it in that context. I think for me, I'm sure there's several things, but I know one thing is taking that time off from college. You know, I started right out of high school, did my first year, and then I took time off to pursue a variety of different things, including a short stint as a flight attendant. Well, looking back on that, even though my dad let me kind of choose my own path, I wish I would have just buckled down and grinded through that process to get school done at an earlier age. That's what I wish. But I think you turned out all right. I did, but I wasted some time there. Everything and I realized that that process, yeah, I know, but still. But for Greg Oden, hey, he, no one understands the risk more than that guy. We're not talking about CTE. Go out no, there and go exactly. for it, big fella. By the way, do you have any photos of you in your flight attendant's uniform? <laughs> yes. Come fly with me. Yeah, I need to see this, Chad. Let's it's not go. happening. I do have that. There's ser several photos from my past life that I'm not going to make public. Like with you in a mullet? I have, you know what? I'll do that one day. I'll bring in the photos so you can put them on TV. A mullet, Please. the mullet Chad, and flight attendant Chad. Not two of the better Chads, but I'll I, show them to I you. I need to see these pictures. And bodybuilding Chad. We've all seen those, but we need to see more. All right, coming up next to the NFL. I do like flat top Travis. <laughs> that was That's bad. a strong Travis. That was a, I wore that look for a long time. <laughs> coming up next, in the NFL, should the Philadelphia Eagles and their Super Bowl championship be tainted because the biggest play in the history of the Super Bowl was in a legal formation. Oh, please. And who is the best division in the NFL? That's Suck next. it, Patriot fans. You're weighing in the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line, 885-28. You get the Rip City Drive.
Now, from the Goldberg Jones Sports Desk, your NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio headlines. Goldberg Jones, call 1-800-DIVORCE. What's up, Portland Blazers hosting the champion Warriors tomorrow. Moda Center, 7.30 tip. I'll have warm-up for you starting at 5.30. C.J. McCollum talking about that Blazers playoff position. Playoffs hasn't been decided yet. It won't be decided right now. So, just got to keep playing, try to win at home, and, and get a streak going. Uh, finish strong and then get a streak going after uh, all-star break. Blazers 31-25 and 25 on the year. NBA, one game in progress right now at the half. The Heat leading the Raptors 55-54 in Toronto. Getting set to start in a couple of minutes. The Rockets are in Minnesota. The Thunder host the Cavaliers, who are looking for their fourth straight win after the trade deadline. The Spurs visit the Nuggets later on tonight. Your home of the Blazers is NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. It's time it's for... Time for- the Rip City Drive with Travis and, Chad. Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. All right, Travis, I need to correct myself on a couple of things. I just What'd said the Blazers' record was 31-25. and 25. They're 31-26, and 26, looking for win number 32 tomorrow night. How dare you, Chad? And it's Curtin Hillsborough. He's got my back. He's always looking out for me, yeah. as he pointed out with the Truth Machine that George Hill was not in Utah, but was in Sacramento. Yeah, he was in Utah before that, though, right? Yes. So sometimes, I know this is rare for me, but occasionally I'll make a mistake because I can't keep up with certain players and keep them straight. So my but bad. I made a mistake, and you, I'm glad that Kurt was there to point the out. The truth machine made the mistake. That's true, but that machine cost a lot of money. The truth machine should not be making mistakes like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was just saying that he was previously in Utah before that. But doesn't change the fact that Utah still is probably the widest town in America. Yeah, probably, except for maybe somewhere in, like, North Dakota or something. That's possible. Well, we want to talk some NFL right now. We're going to talk uh, draft with Rob Ring from NFL Draft Scout coming up here in about 15 minutes. But, Travis, you blew my mind when we were talking about this uh, story earlier, pointing out the fact that there's controversy surrounding the Super Bowl because on the greatest play call, the greatest play call I've ever seen in my lifetime, the fourth and one in the first half – where the Eagles went for it, and they went with the trick play on the Wildcat, turned into a reverse, which became a a pass to the quarterback, Nick Foles, for the touchdown. Great play, aggressive, and it told his team that, hey, Doug Peterson was there to win, and it worked to perfection. But apparently, upon further review, illegal formation. (gasps) Illegal formation? Did you hear anything about that before that came out today? I didn't hear anything about it after the game. So what that means is Or the next day. Bill Belichick and the entire Patriots coaching staff, players, front office. Pretty sharp guys. Nobody caught that. Not a single one of them, right? Okay? That also means that every single analyst paying attention to the game, every single blogger and writer and Patriots fan, nobody caught it. Nobody caught that that was a penalty. So if literally everybody, until they went back and really took a look at it, Everybody missed it. To me, it must have been something very small. I think so, and I thought about this. Should I be upset, or should Patriot fans be upset? No. I think this just comes down to sour grapes, mostly from the Patriots fans' side, because they're still upset and bitter that Tom Brady got denied his sixth Super Bowl. So I understand the frustration, but I've been watching football for a long time, and I think you can make the case that whether it's the Super Bowl or the regular season, every game, teams have to overcome uh, calls, penalties, and some of them are deserved and some of them are not. You know, a lot of times teams get hit with pass interference penalties that should have never been called. Yeah. You still have to overcome that and win the game. And it was the same thing in the Super Bowl. 
The Patriots had penalties against them that shouldn't have been called and vice versa. Both teams had to overcome that. It doesn't change the fact that it was one of the greatest play calls in the history of the game at a moment where the Eagles made that statement that, hey, we're not here to compete and keep it close with the Patriots. We came to win, and we're going to be aggressive and play balls out like that. And that's why I respect it so much. Look, and, and maybe they, they get a five-yard penalty there and they kick the field goal. Or maybe they just decide, you know what, we want to get points here. We need to go for it. Maybe that's what happens. And from, from what uh, Doug Peterson said, it was Nick Foles that told him, we're not going for the field goal here. We're going to run Philly special and we're going to score a touchdown. And he listened to his quarterback there. So maybe they would have gone for it. We, we don't know. We don't know how things would have played out. You can't just say that. Well, if you take the four points off the board, they won the game by eight, they still win the game by four because every play call after that, it's a domino effect. Every single play call after that changes. So yeah, we still it, don't know who wins the game. Right. There, there's no way to know that. Maybe the Eagles still win. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they win more convincingly. Maybe there's another big play because the play calls are different, right? So there, there's no way to know. The Patriots had plenty of opportunities. Their defense didn't show up. And if your defense doesn't show up, and you give up, what was it, 41 points. If you score 33 points in the Super Bowl, you win the game if it was the first 51 Super Bowls. So your defense didn't show up. Yeah, That's why they lost. So I don't have a problem with it. It happens. Every game, teams have to overcome bad calls, and that was a missed call, but who cares? It was a great play. They got the touchdown. They won the game, and if they don't throw the flag, it's not a penalty, Travis. No, exactly. And uh, we get a, a text here on the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line. 88528, our buddy B tweets, and he says, and really, you can call us Pats fans bad, but at least we're not out there eating horse crap. That's true. That is very true. Only Eagle fan could come up with something so celebratory like that, jumping on a pile of horse manure. How do you eat, like, eat and consume horse manure? Why are you asking that question? You know when people Uh. get excited and they get liquored up beyond... uh, um, you know, normal human levels that you can do a lot of crazy things. But eating horse manure. Yeah, that's not my first choice, but I've been in a spot where I've had way too much to drink and I've done something or said things or done things that I would normally never do under any normal circumstances that's whatsoever. That's like, you know, in, in fifth grade where you dare your buddy or you give him a dollar if he'll eat, like, the mixture of all of everybody's food that they didn't want to eat. <laughs> we did that. I remember it was a science class, and I think it was fourth grade, where we were doing the deal where we were dissecting, like, cow brains. And so we had the cow bets brains? going. To, yeah, cow brains. So we did the uh, bet where, here, we'll give you uh, uh, five bucks if you uh, eat a piece of that. Oh. And sure enough, I can't remember the guy's name, but he did it. He, It was long, too. It was like a long, looked like a worm almost. He dropped it right down the pie hole, washed oh. it down with water, and said, here, give me my five bucks. He, that's well earned right there. I would want a hell of a lot more than five bucks for that. Ooh, just gives like, me the chills you, thinking about it. Do you ever watch like Fear Factor of those shows? Yes. Could you eat the things that they that they ate on those shows? Now th- those are all the, the the bugs and stuff like that. Those are things that are you know you can consume those. They wouldn't put it on TV and they. I wouldn't. could now because Bear Grylls taught me how to do that. Ugh. And if I was in that situation, I could do it, but it would be rough because the crunch and the the juice and the stuff that would squirt out it's it's rough. Yeah, just but like I could a, do it a, a lot. Would you eat a live cockroach right now? Well, that depends on what's on the line. What am I getting in return for eating that cockroach? A grand. Would no. you do it for a thousand bucks? No. No, I'm not eating a cockroach for a grand. What 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 is your your financial level of of things that you would you'd be willing to do that for? You give me 500 grand, I'll eat a cockroach. 500 grand. Yes. 500 G, I'm eating a cockroach. You, what about $10,000? No. I don't need $10,000 bad enough to eat a cockroach. I do. Cockroaches are disgusting. And I don't like to eat things that I know that 
If you can survive a nuclear blast, I don't need to eat you. That's disgusting. Really, seriously. For 10 grand? No. No, I'm not doing it. You would? You would chow a cockroach right now. For 10 grand, yeah. It's a down payment on a house right well, there. Well, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that I, we all have a price. Everyone's got a price. For me to eat a cockroach, it would be 500 grand. I think my wife would, uh, would encourage me to eat a cockroach for 10 grand. Well, then do it. Go find someone that will give you 10 grand for a cockroach. Uh, if anybody wants to pay me 10 grand to eat a cockroach, give me a call. All right. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Uh, oh, one other thing with the Eagles. Uh, Frank Reich, as we know, is gone. He's going to be the head coach of the Colts. Yeah. They're without an offensive coordinator. Philadelphia is. They might proceed without an OC and just let Doug Peterson get the job done. Do you yeah. think that's a wise decision? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he did a great job calling plays. The Best play season. caller probably all, yeah. all season. Now, there's a lot more being an offensive coordinator than just calling plays, sure. And maybe that puts more pressure on the on the coach. But, no, I, I, I think it's a, it's a good move, especially at this point. Uh, I mean, could you bring in somebody in that position? Yeah. But if there is any coach right now that I would trust doing that, it's, uh, it, it, it's Doug Peterson. All right, let's talk – what else you got? Really quick, uh, text police comes in, says uh, they showed and talked about the missed penalty in the Super Bowl postgame show. I didn't see that, so if that's the case, well, then then I was wrong there. I don't remember anybody saying a word about that, though. Well, good. They talked about it in the postgame. Good for them. It still doesn't change the fact no, no flag was thrown, it's not a penalty, and both teams had to overcome that. And the Eagles, they played a better game. They did. They out-executed and dominated and out-coached. The, the Patriots' defense. Out-coached them, too. No question about it. Um it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I want to go back to the NFC West. Yeah. I'm excited because I'm looking now at the 49ers on their way up. They've got their franchise quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was genius to sign him and get him locked up into yes. the future. They've got some good young pieces on defense. They've got great leadership with John Lynch and, my, and Kyle Shanahan. So I can't wait to see this Garoppolo-Russell Wilson rivalry develop. What I want to know is, what do you think is the best division right now in the NFC or in football? Well, look, if, if you look at last year and the results – the results were the NFC South was the best division. You had Who'd three you have teams. There? You had the the uh, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons all, very all good. in the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, you, you could have had two of those teams in the NFC Championship game if things bounced a little bit differently. And Tampa underachieved, but they do have a they have some players on their roster. Yeah, they do. Uh, I don't think they're particularly well coached, but they th- th- that that uh-huh. last year 
was the best division in the NFL, as yeah. far as results are concerned. Not the only team that Dirk Cutter has been in charge of where people thought, mm, may not be coached well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but if I'm looking at the projections, right, to me it's the NFC West because I, I don't see all three of those teams in the NFC South doing the same thing again next year. The Panthers, every other year, they're, they're good or bad. Uh, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be that 9-7, and 10-6 and six team next year, but I do think the Falcons and Saints will be right back there again. It's not the NFC North. Uh, I, I do like the NFC North, but top to bottom, they're not the best because the Bears are not a good football team. Uh, it's nobody in the AFC. The AFC West, or the AFC East is a joke. The AFC South is a joke. The AFC North, a couple of good teams, but that's about it. In the AFC, the only te- the only division that I think can contend there is the West because the Chargers are a good team. You expect the Broncos, if they get a quarterback, to return to being a pretty good team. The Raiders, good team. The Chiefs have been good. We don't know what Patrick Mahomes is going to do in a full 16 Yeah, schedule. the division potentially could right. be good. So when I look at the NFC West, you've got the Seahawks who have dominated for the better part of a decade. They're on the decline. But at worst, are they an 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven team next year? Probably. Yeah. I mean, they, they could be worse than that, but I think that's what you're looking at as, as the floor for them. I do think losing Arians, you know, is tough because that guy's a heck of a football coach. Yeah. Well, with, with the Cardinals for sure. Yeah. But with the Seahawks, eight and eight, nine and seven. I would be stunned. They should be better, I would think, even though they have to overcome a lot of losses. I think the changes on the coaching staff should revive them and, sure. and we'll see a bounce yeah. back. Worst case scenario, eight and eight, nine and seven. The Rams had one of the best offenses in the NFL this year. They had one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. They had the one of the best coaches in the NFL this year. They lose their offensive coordinator who goes to Tennessee. It'll be tough to replace Matt LaFleur, but they are still a very, very good team and no should be a favorite it. to contend for the Super Bowl next Absolutely. year. The uh, 49ers now. They were a train wreck for the first 11 games of the season. They were 1-10, and and then they win five in a row with Jimmy Garoppolo the draft positioning they have, the money they have, they're trending in the right direction. The question is the Cardinals. If the Cardinals have a quarterback next year, I think they're a potentially 9-7, and 10-6 type team. So you're looking at top to bottom. You might have the worst team in that division next year, whoever they are, be 8-8, eight and eight, and there's not another division in football that can do the same thing. Well, Seahawks fans better look out because the 49ers, they're back. And with Garoppolo... They're a danger, Trav. They're legit, and they've got that draft capital to where they're going to be able to go out and really get some weapons for Garoppolo yeah. and continue to take the next step. And Kyle Shanahan, genius. And John Lynch, they've made good moves so far. I like yeah. what they have. Garoppolo's it. Gosh, I'm so jealous. Whatever. Second-round draft pick for that guy. Can you believe it? So good. Well done, Shanahan. Well, the draft is coming up. We've got to dig deep into the draft. What's going to happen at the top? What about these quarterbacks? And what have we learned coming out of the uh Senior Bowl down in Mobile. We'll talk with Rob Ring from NFLDraftScout.com here on the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Did you guys stick with biblical names? You know we have in Bama, Trent and Mark. Number one, number two, that's it. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. Hey, Trav, how much longer we got to wait until the draft? Uh, what is that, uh, April 24th in that ballpark? 23rd? It's going to be so cool. Couple months. Giants have the number two pick. Broncos yeah. are at number five right now, and there are some big quarterbacks that are up on the board. Both teams need that, so uh, we can't wait for it. We'll be up at a big at Big Al's to enjoy uh, draft night for yes, sure. Sir. Our next guest is a senior analyst from NFLDraftScout.com. He's on Twitter, at Rob Ring, a must-follow for your NFL 
fans, and he joins us right now. Rob, appreciate your time. You know, Travis and I, we're continuing to search for answers when it comes to Kirk Cousins. Is he an elite quarterback? Is he middle of the pack? How? What do you think he is, and how should teams approach him when it comes to free agency? Well, I, I don't know. I don't believe that he's an elite quarterback. I, I think that is territory that's reserved for, as the name implies, elite. You know, the guys that that are MVP candidates that lead their teams to to the Super Bowls. Um, that said, I think that if you are going to just kind of characterize him as middle of the pack, that's not doing him justice either. I think that he is a quarterback that can put you in the playoffs. I think he's proven that with a, a Washington Redskins squad that, that frankly was lacking at the running back position as well as throughout their in, virtually their entire defense. So if you are a team that is right on the cusp of something, then I, I think the Kirk Cousins make a lot of sense. I mean, if you have a, if you have a lot of money to spend, the Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, uh, you know, teams like that, then I think that, that Kirk Cousins can put you into that playoff mix immediately. And while I am as high on this quarterback class in terms of rookies as just about anybody, I think that Kirk Cousins certainly would be the number one overall pick if he was coming out. Here's my concern, though, and this is a concern that a lot, a lot of people have. Is it worth giving Kirk Cousins $30 million and that much of your salary cap and, and limiting where you can go with other positions of need to bring him in for a couple of years for a guy who is not an elite quarterback? Well, it's a great question. I, I think that ultimately it comes down to what the owner, the general manager, and the head coach of that franchise really is trying to accomplish. If they feel like they have the pieces in place other than quarterback. Uh, to be able to compete for a Super Bowl immediately, then sure, if you if you can figure out a way to financially make that happen the way the Jacksonville Jaguars did a year ago with investing all those dollars in A.J. Bouye and Calais Campbell, then yeah, you can strike while the iron is hot and uh, you know and take advantage of that for a year or two before salary cap hell catches up with you. Um, that said. I think that, you know, the, the, the local team for you guys as well as for me, the Seattle Seahawks showed that if you can catch lightning in a bottle with a young quarterback before you have to pay him, that's really where, uh, where you have an opportunity to be a dynasty. Unless you have one of those, the, those crazy guys like a Tom Brady who is willing to take less dollars than anybody else, all the other so-called elite quarterbacks, then it's, it's very difficult to compete for Super Bowls year after year if you are dedicating a, you know, a full 10 15%, even 20% of a team's salary cap to one position, uh, especially at the quarterback position. We're talking with Rob Ring from NFLDraftScout.com here on the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad, another veteran quarterback, Nick Foles. He just won a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz, clearly the number one guy in Philadelphia. So how do you think the Eagles should proceed with Foles? Do you keep him and entertain trade offers? Do you bring him back without question? Or should you allow him to hit free agency uh, as an act of good grace because you won you a championship? Well, I, I think that, that you have to look to, to bring him back. I mean, not only is obviously the fact that he helped lead you to a, a Super Bowl, um, but the fact that he was so darn good when he did it. Yes. I mean, I, I've been watching Nick Foles since high school days. And, and certainly at the University of Arizona, as I'm sure a lot of you guys, as well as many of your listeners, uh, have as well. Um, and I never saw Nick Foles throw the ball that well. I mean, he was remarkable in that game. And you can say all you want about, oh, the lack of Malcolm Butler and this or that. 
you know, Nick Foles was throwing dimes throughout that entire game. And so what a clutch performance by him. Uh, I think that Howie Roseman, the general manager in Philadelphia, um, and, and the rest of that franchise, they, they know what they have in Nick Foles. They know that, that they have a quarterback in Carson Wentz, who I believe is very much deserving of MVP consideration. But at the same time, dating back to his days in high school as well as college, that he struggled with injuries. And we saw what Nick Foles could do for them. So if there is any way that the Eagles can figure out a way of, of keeping Nick Foles on their roster, I think that they have to consider that. Now, if some team is, is crazy enough to give you multiple first-round picks, then, then certainly that's something to consider. But I think that the first step is retaining Nick Foles essentially at just about any cost that it takes. How do the Vikings handle their quarterback situation? Do they bring back any of the three guys that are free agents? Do they even know what to expect from Teddy Bridgewater? Or do they go try and get somebody else? No, I, it's a great question. To me, that's the most fascinating thing about all of this. Is it's not so much Kirk Cousins. It's not so much Nick Foles. It's the Minnesota Vikings and the fact that they have this three-headed, uh, I don't know what I would call them a monster considering how they played throughout their respective careers. But, you know, you have all these quarterbacks that, that you know, in Case Keenum and Sam Bradford and Teddy Bridgewater – uh, you know, that, that have proven successful in the NFL when they've been healthy, when they've been surrounded by talent. Obviously, Minnesota can't afford to bring them all back, but it's interesting. You, you talk to the coaches, and the, the coaches feel like Case Keenum, that he's the guy. Uh, the, the scouts are, are always, as they always have been, intrigued by Sam Bradford's incredible accuracy. When he is protected, he is truly among the most accurate quarterbacks in all of the NFL and then Teddy Bridgewater, there's a number of scouts in Minnesota who really love what Teddy Bridgewater has. And, and so it, it's, a, it's a fascinating debate. I think that the guy you're obviously going to be able to keep for the cheapest, uh, you know, in terms of cap space, is going to be Bridgewater. And in Case Keenum, I don't know how you can go away from him. Kind of a like Nick Foles uh, argument. I don't know how you can go away, from, go away from him at this point. Sam Bradford, in my opinion, is the best of the bunch. I also think he's going to cost the most. And that's why he's probably the least likely to return to Minnesota next year. Hey, Rob, who are the biggest risers coming out of the senior bowl down in Mobile? Ah, that's an interesting question. You know, it's it's funny. I mean, everybody's going to want to talk about the quarterbacks. And I I think Kyle Aletta, uh, you know, he's the quarterback who wound up being the MVP after everybody's talking about Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. And you can make the argument that Josh Allen uh, could be the biggest riser just because, he impressed day after day. He got, he got better every day, every day there, and that's exactly what you're hoping for for a young quarterback with his lack of experience. But at the same time, it's not necessarily the most exciting answer, but I'll tell you what, the guard play at, in Mobile was phenomenal. And I, I would mention Will Hernandez from Texas El Paso as well as Isaiah Wynn, uh, win from the Georgia Bulldogs were absolutely fantastic there. And, you know, it's, it's not very often you can say that an interior offensive lineman was the best player there. I thought that win was that I thought that Will Hernandez was the most physically dominant player uh, of anybody in mobile, Alabama. He had his miss, he has missteps because he is just his, he is so reliant on his, on his initial, on his, excuse me, on his strength. Um, there's an ability to hold defensive linemen at the point of attack and absolutely drive them off the ball in the running game. But I thought both those guys look like first-round players. And when you combine that with Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame, who's arguably the best player in this entire draft, I think we could see three guards go in the first round. Wow. That's not something that you see very often. 
you know, considering that and considering just how much help the Giants need on the offensive line, and they will keep Eli Manning for at least one more year, do you see any scenario where they go away from the quarterback position at number two, whether it be Saquon Barkley or an offensive lineman? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting now that you have, uh, you know, the, the new general manager in place. You know, I mean, he, he's a guy that, that it has shown his willingness to go with his hog mollies. I mean, that, that's Dave Gettleman's kind of, you know, his, his M.O. That said, I, I just have a hard time believing that the Giants or any other team at that early, number two overall in a quarterback class as rich as this one is, gentlemen, that, that they're likely to go with an offensive line. Now, if the Giants were to trade down, then, then sure, because I think that especially when you look at some of the defensive linemen in that division, it makes a lot of sense to be able to, to fortify that offensive line. Because like, as you said, Eli Manning's coming back for another year. I still believe that Eli Manning is among those quarterbacks who is very much in that, that you know, right there with Kirk Cousins as far as right on the edge of being an elite quarterback. And Eli Manning, of course, has this, the two Super Bowl rings to, you know, to kind of prove that statement. That's it. I just have a hard time believing that Gettleman or no, but they're going to be willing to take an offensive line at number two overall when you have this rare opportunity to draft a young quarterback groomed behind one of the true pros in the league in Eli Manning. I think that makes the most sense that they go with the young quarterback, whether it be Donald, whether it be Josh Rosen, or whether it be Josh Allen, again, from Wyoming, who, as I mentioned before, really was impressive as he, got, as he improved every day in Mobile. We're talking football with Rob Rank from NFLDraftScout.com. We were just talking about the 49ers. They got their quarterback in Garoppolo. They've got some young pieces on the defense. They've got some draft capital. Who would be maybe one or two of those offensive weapons that they might look at to go out and surround Garoppolo with? Well, I, the, to me, the most intriguing player is, is that you, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. The fact that they have their young quarterback already in place and, you know, I, I live in the greater Seattle area. I apologize if you just heard the dogs going nuts. No, I like that. What, what kind of a dog mean? was that? I, I've got a little puppy shot. It's a little wiener dog. What kind of dog was that, Rob? <laughs> I, got, I got a German short hair pointer. He's about seven months, and he is an absolute hooligan. <laughs> and I, apparently he's not, he's, not much of, he's not much of a 49ers fan. Once you said 49ers, then he went, he went crazy. So. He's, not, he's not happy no, about that Garoppolo deal. Yeah, exactly. I, I can understand why 49ers fans are ecstatic about it and, you know, why, why John Lynch is so excited, as he, well he should be. Because yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is just proving to be exactly the player that, you know, that those of us who scouted him way back at Eastern Illinois saw what he did at New England, saw what he did at the Senior Bowl. Um, that, that he With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 
is the player they thought he was. He's a perfect fit in, Shan- in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And so I think if you were going to make that big investment, the 49ers obviously already have made in Garoppolo with the big new contract, then you've got to get him some weapons. And so in my opinion, this is not an elite class of wide receivers, but Calvin Ridley from Alabama is about as smooth as it gets as a route runner. I think he'd be a perfect flanker in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense to be the the, the number one target that Jimmy Garoppolo needs. Uh, and so I think it, it, whether the, the 49ers are drafted number nine or number 10, they have, they're going to be, uh, you know, making a, uh, you know, flipping the coin to, with the Oakland Raiders um, to see which pick they get. Either way, number nine, number 10, if Calvin Ridley from Alabama is available to them, I think that he makes a lot of sense at that spot. He's on Twitter at Rob Ring, NFLDraftScout.com. You got to check it out, Rob. We really appreciate your time. Love talking football with you. Oh, no problem. Anytime. I'd love to talk to you guys about football in the future. You got it. There's Rob Rang, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate his dog trying to jump in because right. I know Puppy Shots would do the same thing. <laughs> Part I of saw, the family. Wants I saw your eyes, interview. too. When he mentioned Dave Gettleman being uh, loving the hog <laughs> mollies, the thought of the Giants taking an offensive lineman at two almost made your stomach turn. Well, it's not just the thought of the Giants taking an offensive lineman at two. It's, uh, at two. it's the thought of the Giants trading down and still taking an offensive lineman wherever it is. If you've got a potential franchise quarterback sitting there at number two and you go anywhere else, you're an idiot. It's time now for the further review here on the Rip City Drive. Sometimes we need a second look to get it right. Upon further review, the play is confirmed on the field. And sometimes we still get it wrong. After review, there's conclusive video evidence that the ball was touched by a receiving team player, which makes the ball live. Oregon ball. That's a bad call. That's a bad call. It's time to get under the hood and take a closer view of the biggest stories of the day. Put flags on everybody. That's it. No more tackling. It's time for the further review. Brought to you by Canby Ford on Rip City Radio. Well, Chad, one of the biggest stories today, Steve Kerr basically handing the keys over to the players for mm-hmm. last night's win over the Phoenix Suns. Says, hey, we need a different voice. Here is Steve Kerr talking about that. I told him the other night after the last game that, it, that we were going to do it. Um, I, you know, it's, uh, it's their team. Um, I think that's one of the first things uh, you, you have to – consider as a coach it's not your team it's not Bob Myers team it's not Joe Lacob's team although I'm not going to tell Joe that um, it's it's the players team it's their team and they have to take ownership of it and and um, as coaches our job is to nudge them in the right direction guide them um, but we don't control look they're the best team in the NBA and Steve Kerr is one of if not the best coach in the NBA but for a team that continues to win, and as, one, as long as they have, there is monotony to the NBA season. This is the point where that monotony is probably at its worst, and sometimes you need a little extra motivation. There's no doubt, and we've seen this before. He's right. It is a player's league. LeBron, he controls things in Cleveland. He dictated the moves on uh, trade deadline day. He hires and fires his coaches. Kobe Bryant did the same thing with the Lakers, demanded a trade, got Powell Gasol in a Laker uniform. MJ did the same thing. It's a player's league. They control everything. And if they're not going to listen to their coach, Steve Kerr's like, fine, you do this. But what they, I think this comes down to more than anything else, the Warriors are the best team. They're going to dominate competition in the playoffs. They're going to win the championship. They're bored. They could care less about the regular season. Yeah. They just want to get to the playoffs healthy 
So they'll be ready to go and go out and get back-to-back championships. Well, next up for the Warriors is the Trailblazers tomorrow night. What did Terry Stotts think about that? I guess when we go to three straight finals, I'll know what to do when that (laughs) happens. I'll be prepared for lulls in the season. Something I assume you've never considered doing. No, but anybody who does it now is just copying them, so (laughs) can't really do it now. James said he was drawing up some plays today to practice. Yeah. Regular so when you're a 500 team, you do it in practice. When you're an NBA champion, you do it in a game. <laughs> I love Terry's thoughts. He's so good, and he's so honest with his assessment. But, yeah, it's a unique situation. You have to have the cachet. Yeah. Like, Terry Stotts rolls out and does that. We got Al Camino drawing up plays. There's going to be questions that are going to be asked. If you're Steve yeah. Kerr, you've got the best team. You just won a championship. You can do whatever you want. So, I think you've got to get your guys' attention from time to time. I thought that was a great way to do it. CJ McCollum was asked, what happens if they do that against you tomorrow night? How would you feel if they did that against you guys? Would I don't think they would do it, but if they did, I think it would be interesting to see, you know, what plays Iggy or whoever's coaching is drawing up. I'm sure they use a lot of the similar plays. And, you know, you get to a point in the season where you understand the substitution patterns, you understand what play calls are being used in certain situations, especially when you've been in the league 10-plus years like some of those guys. I mean, I wouldn't care. It's their team. What they do is their business. I try to worry about our team. And if I feel like it gives us an advantage, then great. They can coach They can coach for the rest of the season if they so want to. You wouldn't take it as a sign of disrespect, I mean, I'm sure there's times where myself or Dane will recommend plays to, to Terry that we already have, and I'm sure there's times where Steph and Clay and Draymond and some of those guys do the same thing. So with all of this, is it being blown out of proportion that is a disrespectful move to the Suns the other night? Well, it was disrespectful, and even though Steve Kerr said that there was no disrespect intended, he chose the Suns because they suck. So, yeah, if I'm a player on the Suns, I'm like, what? So, I mean, I can only look at it from my eyes. It's like, wait yeah. a second you're doing this against us because you think we're garbage. Well, I've always said this before. If you don't like a team doing something, then go out there and make them change it by playing good. Look, if like, it, like what I want to know is like if the Suns would have been winning that game in the fourth, does Steve Kerr continue to sit back and let his guys coach? I bet you he does. <laughs> that would have been to awesome. Te- to teach him a lesson. <laughs> Look, the, the Warriors against the Suns, Steve Kerr, Andre Iguodala, Bob Myers, you, me, we all could have coached that team to a win last night. Oh, I totally could have. What I want to know is if Myers, let's say that, for instance, Myers was coaching, like if, if uh, you know, let's say Terry Stotts got upset and just decided to walk away. If Myers was coaching, would he call in his own number or would he stick with the substitution patterns and keep his ass on the bench? That's what I need to know. <laughs> Depends. Does he want to be a coach someday? Does he want the credit and the respect? <laughs> He'd be like, no, I'm, I'm not calling in my own number here. I'm not putting that guy in there. <laughs> 503-248-0620 if you want to weigh in. Also, the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line, 88528. You've got the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Of course. How selfish of me. Let's do all the things that you want to do. Now, back to the show with Travis and Chad on NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. 14 in front of the hour on a Tuesday afternoon. Glad to have you with us here on the Rip City Drive. As always, the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line is 88528. Visit BeldenRadio.com for more info and the phone number 503-248-0620. Chad, let's head out to the phones and get to our buddy Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, you're on the Rip City Drive. What's going on? What's up, Mitch? 
Hey, how you guys doing? Good, how are you? What's up, buddy? Uh, good, for you. Uh, first of all, you think there'd be a lot of running backs in the first round? I'm I think you got one, maybe two. I mean, Saquon Barkley definitely will go number one. Um, Darius Geis at LSU might be the other one, but I don't think anything more than that. Those two, Max. What about Freeman or Roger, uh, Ron Jones second? And you got the two from Georgia. Yeah, I don't know? think those guys are first-round backs, though, not this year. I would like to see Chubb in a Bronco uniform. I like the way he runs. Hungry, angry. I like guys that run mean. Uh Chad, I think you want every, I think you want the Broncos to draft everybody. Three quarterbacks, five wide receivers, and three running backs. Yes. Am I correct? Whatever okay. it takes to get them back on top, man, because the last two years have been brutal, but it starts with the quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you can just pretty much quit the season. You've got to find someone to take over under center that can get the job done. Definitely. And our NBA, I think LeBron, like like uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, run coaching the team themselves. I mean, it's just kind of showing up. I think LeBron did a good good job in making trades. I think they're going to give a Golden State a run for the money, and I think they they win. You're not going to see me at Golden State in the same breath as, as um, excuse me, as New York, New York Yankees. And thanks for taking my call. Mitch, thanks for the call. And I, I love the way that you put that, Chad, because, uh, yeah, you can credit LeBron for those trades. Yeah, in fact, I was just wondering when he said that, like, maybe – you know how they grade teams after the trade deadline? You should probably give LeBron like five stars or whatever the rating yeah. system is. He should get credit for that. He's the best general manager the Cavs have ever had. I do like I, I like the additions. You know, we'll see how it plays out over time, but I like the addition of Rodney Hood. That's a good player. George Hill. I just like it because you have guys surrounding LeBron who understand their Robins. He's Batman, and you need that when you've got a guy like LeBron. And, yeah. and when you put LeBron in that position, much like D'Antoni has with James Harden, make him the guy. You're the star. You're the best player on the planet. Everything's going to run through you, and I think LeBron can handle that. Yeah. And that will re-motivate him, too, because like the Warriors, I would imagine LeBron's a little bit bored with basketball right now. The guy's been to how many straight finals? Is. Look, the dude's been to seven straight Gosh. finals. He hasn't had anybody even try and compete with him in the Eastern Conference. You had the, the one year, I think he was still with Miami, where the Pacers took him to like six games in the Eastern Conference finals. That's when they had – was that when they had George? Yeah, they had, they had Paul George, they had Roy Hibbert. Uh, that was a pretty good team and a really good defensive team. But he's he's been to the, the – how old is he? Uh, what is he, like 33, something like that? Somewhere there, 33, 34. So, what, seven of his 14 years he's been to the Eastern Conference – or he's been to the finals, right? And that doesn't even count the, the, the year he went with Cleveland when they got blown out by the Spurs. So why the hell should he care about the regular season? He shouldn't. There's no reason. No, you just wear yourself out. You got to, uh, especially for a guy like that that carries that much of a load, you got to pace yourself a little bit. Right. And then you've got George Hill who comes in and had this to say. He is the anti Isaiah Thomas. Just do your job, I guess. Um, let the rest take care of himself. We have one of the best players in the history of the game. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going to dictate the tempo and things like that. And we just got to do our job, be the best role players we can possibly be. Um, he's the Batman, and we got to be all Robin. So, uh, we got to figure it out. That's the mentality you have to have when you're coming in from the outside to play with LeBron. You can't have the Isaiah Thomas, well, I was the guy in Boston, so I need to be more of the guy in Cleveland than I'm being right now. Get over yourself. Yeah, and part of that was just a bad trade. I mean, the Cavs made a move that was horrible. They gave up Kyrie Irving for a guy that doesn't fit with LeBron. Two ball-dominant guys. Well, clearly it's LeBron's team, and he's going to be the one to handle the ball the majority of the time, which which is what you want, but... You know, we've seen that before with so many different players in the league. They don't accept their role. They don't understand, you know, their place on a team, and that's when problems are created. But 
you know, if you're going to play with LeBron, the best thing to do is just understand that he's the guy, as you should. He's freaking LeBron James. And then you move along in that direction. Because if you fight that, you're going to lose that battle. It's not going to yeah. be a winning scenario for you. You know, Chad, with, with the Blazers situation right now in, uh, in the Western Conference, trying to climb up the ladder, mm-hmm. are you paying attention at all to scoreboard watching? Every night. I've okay. been doing that for the last two months. Okay. Because like, you, you can look at it the one way that, well, if they don't win games, it doesn't really matter what the hell everybody else does. Yeah, but that's when they lose. I look at directly at Oklahoma City and Minnesota to see what they're doing on the same night. Like that's why Sunday was so irritating. You get crushed by the Jazz, but then it's on a night when the T Wolves and the Thunder go out and get wins. And the Pelicans. Because all yes, and all I care about is the four of the five. Get in the four of the five. Well, ultimately, just avoid the Rockets or Warriors in the yeah. first round. But the four of the five, because I want, I know the Blazers aren't going to win a title this year, but that doesn't mean that I don't want a deep playoff run. I want them to win and have a chance. Because you mentioned this earlier, and I do believe this, that for a young team, there's a lot of value in playoff games. Yeah. Extra practice time, extra prep time, game situations, learning how to win those type of games, learning how to strategize and mentally and physically prepare for a playoff series. All of those things are, are of great value. So the deeper you can make that run, the more experience you get, which will make you better in the future. That's why I want them to get a matchup with a OKC or a Minnesota to put themselves in a position where they right. can – have a chance to move on to the second round. Look, and I'm not saying I want to see the Blazers play the Spurs, but I'd much rather see the Spurs than the Rockets or the Warriors. Oh, I totally agree that the Spurs are not invincible no. now. The Spurs right now have a half-game lead on Minnesota for number three. Minnesota can jump up and, and actually pass them tonight if they win and uh, and the Spurs lose. But you have three of those teams in that conversation, all at home tonight, all playing teams that are better than them. Timberwolves hosting the Rockets, Thunder hosting the Cavs, and then Denver hosting the Spurs this is one of those nights where if you're a Blazer fan, you, you better hope it's not a clean sweep in the wrong direction. Well, it's not just me. Terry Stotts. Yeah. Terry Stotts said it after the game on Sunday, Trav. And when he right out of the gate at his press conference, he said it's frustrating um, because you start to look at the standings, and this was a game that had a lot of importance to it. And he was right because the Jazz are nipping at the Blazers' heels now. And this is the time of year. How many games we got left? Less than 30. You know, you're right yeah. here at the point where once this All-Star break ends and the players come back, uh, and get ready to go, it's the stretch run. You're at the end of February, you get into March, and every night it's going to matter in terms of who's in, who's out when it comes to the Western Conference playoffs. And like you've pointed out several times, there's not much separation between four all the way down to eight. Three. The Blazers are three and a half games back of the three seed right now. And think about those awful losses, whether it be Milwaukee or the Clippers or Brooklyn. The Blazers could be a lot closer to three right now. They're three and a half games back of three, one game up of nine, and two games up of ten. I've never seen anything like it. Five and a half games separate three from ten right now. Tomorrow night's a big game. Blazers have got to find a way to come out and get things going and put yourself in a position to win. That would be great for them going into the All-Star break to get a win over the champions, a team that's annihilated them over the last year. Tim Brando joins us tomorrow. Serena Winter's going to stop by to preview the new show, The Bridge. What else the we Godfather got? at 320 in studio. We'll see you tomorrow at 3. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.